started recording and we're gonna go live and we're gonna play the theme so here we go the following may contain language which will be offensive to some people and inappropriate for children the topics discussed may include drugs alcohol or be sexual in nature this show is intended for mature audiences Listener discretion is advised. I'm serious. It's dirty. Really, really dirty. Its pulsating sounds penetrate deep into your ear canal to stimulate your cochlea in ways no other show can. This is your final warning. Still here? Then pour your favourite beverage, sit back, and let's get this fucking show started. Cool, I get the keys ready to come in and you come and music. Tony. What is his name, Tony? <laughs> Lois can never have Superman's baby. Ah, yes. Incredible Hulk melon body. Ah! 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 Hey, I tried to teach you how to handle comics in the sixth grade, but oh no, you wanted to play a little bit instead. Aquaman's a hero! Let's see what Spider-Man number one looks like. I guarantee you blows the load like a shot. Thank you, Trisha. We now return you to Robin Boy Wonder. The only way he could bang regular chicks is with a kryptonite condom. That would kill him. Fantastic Forum, assemble. Thank you for joining us once again. We are here with you on our home at allgames.com. Bringing you the week's news, gossip, entertainment. A little bit of jokes, a little bit of angry pontifications we have a great show for you today we have a couple uh reviews it's actually quite a quite packed show we had we're talking about titans that finally came out this past week we have lollipop kids we don't have lollipop kids we have a review of lollipop kids Constantine City of Demons, which has been out for about a year, but it finally came out in a complete form in the last two weeks or so. And uh, I'm reviewing Amazing Spider-Man through 2-7, along with an apology to Mr. Nick Spencer and Mr. Ryan Otley, the creative team on that book. We did a, a pretty good bashing of them last week, and uh, I'm not retracting it. But I might apologize to it. Who knows? On the line, we have the usual suspects. We got Lawrence, or Mayor Young, as you people know him. What up? Hello. We got Joseph. So if you guessed that Lollipop Kids was his, that's the one. Say hello, Joseph. Hey, what's up? We have Oz. 
who in a rousing turn of events is going to be here today. If we're all here, it's not really the usual suspects, is it? Right. <laughs> and then we also have the man, the myth, the midget, Tiger Claw. Who's helping us broadcast. You better believe it. We're going to try to make this number one again. Well, look, let me get there. As always, you have me, (laughs) your humble, white cis male host, Moses Magnum. And I do want to thank you, the audience, because we've been hitting number one consistently. And yeah, we, we we do the talking and yelling into the mic, but you do the hard work. Of sitting on your ass and listening, and I want to thank you for that. Um, there is ways to join in on the fun. You can go to allgames.com slash live, which will take you to our Discord chat room, which is filled with a lot of insights and ramblings from the people listening and commenting on what we say. They, uh, every now and then they have a gem. Who's reading chat today? I got chat open. All right. What do you see that they say that piques your interest? Let's see. Uh, I see. Well, I see Oscar be drunk saying Billy is posting viruses. Yes. And then I see Tiger saying that FF is starting soon and that they need us him to broadcast again. Tiger Claw always down for the cause. <laughs> it's so funny because he asked me earlier today who's broadcasting, which in turn I go to our pre-production thread, our private pre-production thread, and Larry says me, and then it doesn't work out. Exactly. <laughs> no, but it's funnier on the air if I say it like that. Oh. Okay. I mean, you know it's true. It's you know. All right. See now, now I got to take the people behind the curtain. Behind the curtain. I mean, I I thought Lawrence was gonna stream too, and then I'm getting messages from Tire Claw about if I'm gonna be able to stream. Right. So Tire Claw, part of his helpful nature is to make sure ahead of time if we can broadcast or not, so he could be ready. You know, with you know five six hours notice. But, um, yeah, Oz couldn't, and then Larry said, if Oz can't, I will. But then, you know, there's always some unexpected gremlins in the machinery with us here. At, at, uh, I like to say allgames.com, but it's really just us. No, yeah, it, it, it's definitely us. It used to be allgames.com, but, yeah, it's, it's, it it's was us. Only, it was All Games Interactive, and and I'm realizing now that apparently I'm the one with the mad bugginess. Like it's me. Yeah, you're the one common factor. Exactly. Okay. But you always, yeah, you always you had a to... history. You always had a history of technical difficulties. Yeah. Throughout the years, it's funny because the my my barber at work, he um he has the what I call the shit touch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't want him cutting my hair. <laughs> what is that? Everything he touches breaks. Oh. Um, and it's you know it, it's uh 
you know, the only thing that doesn't is the haircuts and stuff. Like, that's fine. But if he grabs, like, he's drinking a beer, when he puts the, the can down after taking a swig, it's crushed. And it's like he doesn't even notice when he crushes the can. And then he, um, he, the other day he was combing his hair and the, the comb, it's, you know, our barber combs are thick, plastic, heavy-duty plastic. He's, he has long hair. He combs his hair and it splits in half. And, uh, you know, the last one that really, like, irked me was my mom brought the five-gallon jug of water for the water dispenser. And he helped her load it. And all of a sudden, water just started coming out. Like, it was overflowing. You know those things work. If there's no air going into the bottle, they're not going to overflow, right? So... I'm thinking this machine's broken. I take the machine apart and I couldn't put it back together. So we just threw it out. turns out that the five gallon jug was cracked. Jeez. So then he's like, see, you blame me that I broke the machine. I'm like, no, no. but think about it. You're the last one that touched the jug. <laughs> like that jug was fine for years, <laughs> but you, you get close to it. The jug is cracked. Uh, yeah. We always, we always have a good laugh about that. I, I yeah, uh, we should I we digress. should call him Jughead just for the hell of it. You Jughead. No, Look, you don't even know your Archie right. Jughead's handsome now. <laughs> Are they all like pretty attractive? Yeah, but like Jughead's like the ugliest one. But for some reason, girls on Instagram like him. Mm. It's just the way they write the show too, because he's like the. He's the narrator of the whole thing because he's like a journalist and everything. So he's like chronicling the happenings of Riverdale. Of course he is. But we're not talking about that <coughs> the TV show. We're talking about Titans, which finally came out this last week. And am I the only one that's like irritated that they didn't give you all the episodes at once? Well, if you go to Netflix, you might get all of them. Yeah, in Netflix you'll get all of them, but not on <laughs> not on the DC Universe. App. So, so is that what's going to happen? Like, uh, are they going to release the Titans on the DC Universe app each week, and then at the end of the season they all come out on Netflix? Is that what's going to happen? No, no, they're all on Netflix already internationally. Oh, got you. Oh, yeah, you're right. I remember you guys. So technically, we could. We yeah, I didn't believe it because I had never seen anything like that in the news or anything. Mm-hmm. But it turns out that that's the case. So when I was mad about it two shows ago, mm-hmm. I was being stupid. But hey, that's what we do on the show. I put the I put the jerk in knee jerk reactions. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I was like, uh, you know, um, we'll get to the formal review. But when I watched it, I'm like, okay, I don't like this show. I like tiny little aspects of it. But I really need to see, like, I from watching the first episode, I'm I can hate on it. Oh, yeah. But from watching, I can see myself from watching five or even three, kind of having a different, um, maybe less hate. You know what I mean? Oh, really? Yeah, well, so only only because. I'm sorry. Say that again. You think it'll grow on you? Not grow on me, but I can tolerate it. Like. Like I did Arrow. Well, no, actually, Arrow grew on me. But there, there's probably some shows where it's like, okay, oh, like I Zombie. Like, yeah, I, I don't yeah. love it, but I, I can, I can watch it week to week and and 
and kind of you know some episodes I enjoy more than others. And it the thing about iZombie was the the character uh, playing Liv, the actor playing Liv. She was just a really good actress, and watching her like take on all these different personalities week in and week out was was um, it, it really entertained me. Like I, I like her range of talent, and oddly enough, one of the episodes she played a chick from New Zealand, and she was like, "Wow!" I'm like, "She's so good at playing a chick from New Zealand," and then I looked her up, and it turns out she is from New Zealand. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, but but she she. Pretended to be somebody pretending to be New Ze- from New Zealand, so it's like she got that little nuance right. And um, with unfortunately with Titans, the one person that gave gave a good acting performance, they only had it for like five six minutes dispersed throughout the old the whole episode, which was um, Starfire. Like. It's- uh, a little bit of uh, news that should help you with Starfire is um, I saw pictures of, of upcoming shows that are in production, and it looks like they fixed her hair. Uh, she's oh, still not orange. She's still black? Yeah, she's still black. Oh, fuck her. <laughs> but at least her hair's orange now and straight. Oh, Fuck her. Fuck Greg Berlanti. Um, I forgot who the third producer is. Wait, but, is this a Berlanti also? Akiva, Akiva Goldsman, which Akiva Goldsman should be hated by the comic book community. Yeah, fuck him. Like, I'm not sure if Jeff Johns had anything to do with her. Yeah, it was it was those three. It was the Berlanti, Jeff Johns, and Akiva Goldsman. They they actually wrote it, and they're the. Yeah, but I think I think he wanted her to be orange, but then they wouldn't let her. Actually, I don't think like, Jeff Johns really cares that much. Like, like he used to. Yeah. You know? Like, he doesn't even care about Green Lanterns anymore. So. That's what I'm saying. Like he used to, he used to mm-hmm. care about things. She's dead to me. Well, then fuck but, him. I guess. Fuck, fuck Anna Diop. <laughs> fuck. There goes Joe being racist again. Well, no, he's he's doing the official review. We I didn't give the official review. That's the official review right there. I don't know the name of the guy that plays Beach Boy, but fuck him too. Um, well, he he was on for like five seconds. What did he do to piss you off? Uh, he exists. He's, he's not yeah. green. He's he, white. That is like, what the fuck? Like, there's a difference between white and green. Like, look at a color wheel if you don't believe me. This is bullshit. Like, these people look like things. Like, you, you have drawings. They've been looking like this since the fucking 60s. <laughs> and now we're like, oh, let's just make Starfire some black shit. Let's make these Beast Boy these, white. Right? Fuck. These people look like things. That's this week's title. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's talking about the characters in the comic, but I, ho- I hope. Fuck Charge Pulliam Moore. I fucking hate that guy. Man, just cursing out people. I don't even know who he's talking about anymore. <laughs> it's great when I host because I don't have to get all angry like that. Charles William Moore is the one that called people racist for not wanting... He's the one that was calling people racist because Starfire is black and not orange, and we're mad about it, so he calls us racist. Like, yeah, I've re- I, read, yeah. I read a few articles like that, and they were all saying people want her to be white, I'm like, no, they want her to be orange. I mean, 
I want her to be orange. She's not white in the comic. And Larry wants orange. her to have a white nose. What? what you, you said want you want you want her to have white features. Why? Oh. She's been drawn black before. When? She was, said, uh, she was created. Cool. She was created based on uh God, I forgot her name now, but an actress. Yeah, there was a recent even recently there was a black actress that she was being drawn after. But in the comics, she was still orange. She had a black body type, but the orange skin. And, and this look, orange body paint exists. I don't know if that bitch is just too lazy to put on the paint. Or well, wait, 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 wait. You can't, you can't just call her that because she, she's just collecting the paycheck. Like she can't. She probably has no control on if what. If she's like, I don't want to be orange, then and they say okay. Then fuck her. Yeah, but I don't look. Well, I don't think cool. that's the case because you know there's issues with Raven. There's there's issues with with Dick Grayson. Like that motherfucker yeah. looks like he's wearing his dad's suit. <laughs> like he looks like he's twelve. Like he looks better. I, I was like, man, why isn't he Nightwing already? And then I saw him wear a detective suit, and I'm like, oh, that's why he can't pull off Nightwing. He's got to be Robin. <laughs> like he's got to be the Boy Wonder. Yeah. My only Let's, issue with Robin in this was that, like, he beat those dudes down pretty good. So I'm wondering what exactly was the rift between him and Batman. That like, and, um, you know, normally it's kind of like Batman is just so focused and drived, and he's not thinking of anything else. Yeah. But if he's yeah. out beating the shit out of people, like, I don't see where their disconnect is. I don't see why they they're not getting along. The here so for those of you listening who haven't seen it, the little synopsis of the show is basically uh it's I believe it takes place in, in Detroit, Michigan. Um something happened with Dick Grayson's partner in, in Gotham and he transferred over. Uh there's a new detective lady that might be a potential love interest, you know how T V shows go, they gotta give you an outsider's perspective in. Um uh, Raven ends up there. They're all everybody's looking for Raven. Is, is the the th- the thing, the whole catalyst for everybody coming together, which they haven't yet at the end of this episode. Um, and uh, and yeah, the one of the things is is you get to realize that Dick Grayson hates Batman, and you know, like Joe said, the the rift between the two, like what could it be? The way he said "fuck Batman," like he made Bruce Wayne look out like. Jerry Sandusky, man. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. He he explains it to his partner. Yeah, but when he but, explains it, he yeah. explains that he might as well be telling a lie to me because he's not he's not talking to Batgirl about it. He's talking to some like random blonde detective. Well, he he's talking about how oh he's he's just solving all the problems with his fist, and then he goes out and solves the problems with his fist. And I'm pretty sure he killed the dude too. I'm no doctor, but you stab a guy through the eye. They don't tend to survive very long. I'm, I mean, you know, it I don't know how don't, deep you go. Well, the thing is, you don't have to go that deep because the bone at the back of the eye is as thick as an eggshell. So you can kill somebody with like a crayon, technically. Yeah, and he stabs a dude with the 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 slide of a gun. Like he pulls a gun apart, takes a slide and jams it into another dude's eye. Not gently either. I just I I think that I mean don't get me wrong like I 
I wasn't I wasn't a fan of this, but then at the same time, I'm not the biggest fan of like the actual Titans. Like I like the the Titans cartoon, but the comic <laughs> has never been like my my thing, right? But I would prefer it to be more like the comic than what I I saw today. I know that because this is like I I don't know. Like I, I I do feel like at least for me. They gave an explanation. I don't know if that explanation makes that much sense, but they gave an explanation for where the rift comes with Grayson and and uh, Batman. But I mean, honestly, like everything about it, I'm not. I'm not like I don't understand why they decide to go this particular route. Like I don't see the. I'm trying to understand the benefit of. Dick Grayson as a detective or, you know, an angry Robin or like, I just, I don't know. I mean, maybe it'll become clearer as a show or as the series moves forward. But, uh, yeah. I I think Berlanti only knows how to do like one thing. And it's really just put a superhero secret identity character in the office setting. He said no one knows how to do that? No, Berlanti. That's all Berlanti knows how to do. Ah. It's like everything has to be the, the secret identity character mm-hmm. or the, the alias has to be in an office setting for the non-superheroic stuff. <laughs> you know, like you look at Flash like he's a forensics guy. When he's not forensics guy, he turned the fucking, uh, the, the, what is it, the... Star Labs into a, an office environment where they're researching stuff. Yeah, you know, is that and, why uh, he made Oliver Queen the mayor? Because you ran out of flashbacks. Well, he he le- he left that. Uh, Mark Guggenheim is the 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 one the one in charge of that. And that's the thing. It was all those like um, the the initial like Arrowverse stuff. You know, you look at the first two seasons of, of Flash. You look at. You know, well, Legends of Tomorrow, I don't know how it is still, but you look at that first season and you look at like the first three, four seasons of Arrow, and that was Berlanti and Mark Guggenheim working together. You know? And then Mark Berlanti left that little group, and then, you know, he did Supergirl, and then he did Constantine, you know? And look how those went. Like they got canceled, <laughs> yeah. I think he he did um what else? I forgot what else. he did some one other thing, but yeah. Uh, in chat, real quick, Burr says a crayon. Fuck. And then he goes, <laughs> he goes. I'm with Mayor Titans cartoon for the win. Um, and then Big Man says FF's official review of Titans. Fuck them. He says he's still going to catch it one day. I mean, you could catch it now. Just pay $75 for the year of DC Universe app. Yeah, you get, you get seven days for free. I about the story. Uh, because the direction they're going in is fucking retarded. <laughs> like, the amnesia thing with Starfire, why? Like, there's no point. It seems kind of pointless to do that. And Raven, her backstory is kind of fucked up too it's like that she doesn't know she's half demon is like a 
that's actually like a big part of her character. That's why she is so always so subdued and fucking mellow. Because if she does get angry, like her knowing that she, if she gets angry, that she can flip out and go full demon, like that's what keeps her in check. So I'm not. This, this is just doing all kinds of weird shit. Yeah, it, it's kind of it, it, it. To me, it feels a little bit like um, like Runaways, where things that they could like tell in one or two episodes, they're gonna take the whole season to tell. That's yeah. funny because all these characters have, in fact, run away. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. So it's definitely not like Runaways. Yeah, the <laughs> Runaways, they ran away the second to last episode. Um, the One of the disappointments in this was the, char- the actress that plays uh, Raven's mom. She used to be such a beauty back in the day. <laughs> what? Wait a minute. What are, you, are you trying to say the woman aged ungracefully or something what well, either doing? that well the thing is i've seen her as an older woman and she was on shameless two seasons ago had a couple sex scenes she still held up and she's like a 50 60 year old woman then and then here she looks terrible like i don't know how she could be like raven the way that she looks in this show there's a she definitely had to have been through menopause when Raven was born. I think they suggested Raven was adopted. Yeah, that, that, and eventually they did that. But when I saw her, I was like, I was like, Ugh, how's a demon going to fuck that? Like, <laughs> she looked terrible. And I, I and then, you know, Emily goes, that's the chick from Twin Peaks. You know, Sherilyn Fenn, you know, the, the classic beauty from my childhood. And I go, it better not be. And then we looked it up and it was. She looked okay to me. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I don't... that's because you don't know what she looks like when she's young. Yeah, well, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter. That's not a quality of the show thing, but it was a disappointing moment for me. I don't read Titans like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> He's, like... He's like, yeah, man, that chick, she's busted now. <laughs> no, I, and that's the thing. I don't even think she is. I think they just did... the 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 whole production is lax. It's not... It's either under budget or the budget is too low it looks the shit looks terrible it looks you know it almost looks as bad as powers they they, they didn't pay enough for her makeup is is that what you're saying I, yeah i think that's what they did i think that's why they didn't want to do but, orange orange starfire or green um uh beast boy you know what i mean or you know gray raven so they they don't have the budget for the, the well, raven doesn't have effects raven. Raven doesn't have to be gray. That's no, that's she just has to be pale. But you know, it was a stylistic choice from the cartoon. In the comics, she's not gray. I get it, but you know, it would be nice for the show to look good, like with a comic book aesthetic and a cartoon aesthetic. You know, but you know that the special effects are terrible. The fight scene was terrible. Yeah. It's weird because it almost like the fight scene looked like a fan film. Yeah. It like it actually looked worse than all the rest of the of the show, which is weird because you would think that that would be the part that would be like, you know, you put the most into because that's like 
the superhero we part, but it actually was the opposite. It was like it's almost like it was filmed by a completely different set of people. Yeah, because I I almost feel bad about calling it like fan film quality because fan films are great right now. (laughs) You know, it's like no, it's not fan film quality. That's like how people are like. You can't just be like, oh, they look like they're in cosplay. You have to say look like they're in bad cosplay. Because Titans cosplay is amazing right now. Yeah. Like, even just like a few months ago at Anime Expo, like I sent you those that picture of the Raven and uh, Starfire. Yeah. Like, they were amazing. Huh? Right. Like, yeah. I don't even think it was body paint. I think they had, she just like had tights on. And I'm not sure what she did for the fit, but she looked great. Like, she looked like Starfire. Right. And it was, like, those are just, like, people going out having fun. Right. And you have a production that costs, I don't know, how many hundreds of dollars or thousands (laughs) of dollars to make. And you can't fucking get the characters to look like the characters. And then they do the stupid, fucking, dumb, retarded-ass orange sparkle effect on her face when she uses her powers that are wrong. And Yeah. Like, that's not what her powers are. That's not even her power. It's, yeah. <laughs> she was definitely like, doing, like, a, like some kind of Starfire. elemental thing, you know? right? Like a fire elemental thing? Yeah. Yeah. Like, she's that's she's not. Does it all. Like her name is Starfire. I she even said make fire. She's it's oh this it's kind of painful actually. It's like it's a painful level of retarded. Now what I am glad about them only releasing one episode at a time is that it makes our review, you know, not last forever. Because we just talk about the first episode. You know what I mean? So, what do you guys give it out of five? Out of five miscolor matched wheels. Mismatched color wheels. Uh, I'm going to give it a negative one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. wow. Uh, I, I think I, I'd probably give it like, I don't know, like a one and a half. Yeah, like it's pretty low. I'm gonna give it a three. Oh, how dare you! Just because it has grace. What what was the thing you liked about it, Oz? Uh, Those a lot of little things. You like the R R Robin batarangs? I was just about to mention that. Yeah, it's it's little tiny things that I don't usually see like just seeing you know Grayson shirtless I mean fixing his his outfit like put putting the the art orangs back in and tighten shit up uh I didn't like anything about Starfire but I have a hope that they'll fix her a little bit in the future I want to see where the story is going I like how they portray the demon side of, of Raven, even though it's not it's not perfect, it's it, better than what I thought it was gonna be. You like that it's Venom? 
Well, <laughs> it's the venom of the DC universe. <laughs> yeah, well, great minds, man. Great minds. But that's how it is. Like, even her face went like, did she just turn him to tell him to turn down his music? Like, because <laughs> that was stupid in Venom too. Only it cost a lot more to do it in Venom than it did in, <laughs> right. in Titans. Right. So three from Oz, negative one from Joe, two from Larry. Uh, I give it a one. However, I do give the the actress that plays Starfire, I give her a three. She's brought down by the whole production, but she's the only good actress in this show, aside (laughs) from Sherilyn Fenn, who got killed like 15 minutes in. Um. I really wish I knew who to blame. Like, if it was her fault or Valenti's fault, like, I really wish I knew who to blame for her not being born. I, I guarantee you. We might be able to get no to idea. ask her. Yeah, we might be able to get to ask her. Like, she's, I, I feel she's just doing what they tell her to do. She she didn't know nothing about no Starfire until they told her she got the job. Yeah. Um, this, is, this is all the production, and I want to see what they do with Hawk and Doug. There's a little bit of hope for me there. And see, in the trailer, that's the only part that looked really good. Yeah. They'll be, so, be on the next episode. Oh, okay. It, does Jason yeah, Todd appear no. in the first episode? No. Oh. Jason Todd? Yeah, no, yeah. He, no he doesn't. There, there's a picture of Jason Todd in a Robin outfit next to Dick Grayson in a Robin outfit that yeah. pissed what? me that's off. That's weird. Yeah. I saw, well, I saw a clip. Like, he should be Nightwing. I saw a clip with Jason Ty in it, and it made it seem like he loves being Robin, while Dick Grayson does not. Yeah. Right, which is fine, but they shouldn't both be Robin at the same time. That's not not fine. Oz, how can you be fine with that? You should not be fine with that. No, I'm fine with Jason Todd enjoying being Robin. Okay. Because he was a dick. Okay. I mean, he wasn't Dick. He was a Dick because Dick yeah. wasn't Robin anymore. I'm not saying that Ro- Jason Todd Robin sh- is Dick because Dick is not Robin. Dick is Nightwing, whereas Jason Todd is acting like a Dick, but not Nightwing Dick. He's uh, just a penis. I wanted to keep that He is a, 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 ma- a male sexual organ. Um, a toadstool. So, battle one. To close off this uh, this discussion of Titans pilot episode, here's a little bit of chat. Big Man says, got fond memories of original Titans cartoon. My kids were little then, and we watched it together. Uh, for some reason, Bird laughs at him. Uh, next, Big Man says, LOL, hundreds of dollars. Uh Versus Jay, Jay tearing it to shreds. It sounds like a complete desecration. Derek is going to call in again to call you all haters, saying I, you should be grateful those for those retarded ass titans. I think I think I have an answer for Joe. Um, I might write this up because it's it's breaking news. But um, apparently, what happened is they got their budget together and they were doing the purchasing, and then. The makeup department says, hey, Berlanti, uh, we get you this mountain of cocaine or orange makeup. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and the rest is history. Right. You know the rest. That, that actually would explain everything. I, I, can't, <laughs> I, I can't even be mad at him anymore. 
Uh, Big Man says, do you think DC would want to compete with Netflix Marvel shows and give them a budget? And honestly, yeah. But the, the problem with DC is the difference between DC and Marvel is that Marvel handles its business by itself and then gets outside help from people that are themselves too, just another subsidiary. So like the DC... I mean, sorry, the Marvel Netflix stuff is ABC Studios stuff that they can't play on ABC Network because of the violence and whatnot and cursing. So they have the money from Marvel on the Marvel side and from the ABC Studios side, which is basically Disney money. And then here you have Greg Berlanti wanting to do more things that he did before with TV and then sell it to individual networks. So you might get something better in the next couple episodes. That's why I wish they would have released like three episodes. So if we could review three episodes, my rate, my score would probably be higher in the initial part, but I'm only judging on the first one looks terrible. Um, but that's the money they, they, they showed us what they did on the cheap, you know, like I feel like by the fifth episode, maybe you'll see, maybe better camera work or, or something because that's the the pilot episodes, what they showed to get the show greenlit by nobody other than the people that own the characters that should be giving money to it. You know, but you know, that's, that's neither inter- here nor there. That's kind of interesting um, because on. normally, uh, let, let me finish this. Let me, let me finish this chat discussion. Uh, Bruce says, LOL is FF announcing. They will have her on the show. Now I'm not saying anything. Confirming or denying. <laughs> um, but yeah, Tiger, what were you going to say? It's kind of interesting because usually for a TV show, a, the pilot episode, they spent a lot of money on it to make it look good. But then after that, that's when they start cheaping it out. But this is different. Yeah, what will happen here is that it was supposed to be on like TNT or TBS. And then that's a Warner subsidiary. They should have had. TNT Studios or whatever put some money in on it anyway for the DC Universe app. Ultimately, they all work together. I mean, you know, TNT, TBS, I forget what other one. I think WGN, HBO, they're all Warner uh, Warner Brothers subsidiaries, which owns DC. Like they, they, if they're trying to, you know, be like Marvel, they should do it in that that little. Um, uh, who's 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 sweeping or scraping snow? Hey, what is that shit? Somebody was scraping snow. Um, what was I saying? Yeah, so they should get all these other like they could do. So you know you got Watchmen on HBO. That's gonna have money from HBO and Warner's because they're. Both subsidiaries. That's going to look more like the Marvel Netflix show. Why can't Titans do it? And you know, basically the the my my answer to that is I think Berlanti bought the rights, did it on his own, and then got DC to pay for the distribution. Well, man, he needs to put. He should have put more money into it, even though. It wouldn't help much because the script would have still been the script. It's like, yeah. you know, I'm shocked to, to hear that Jeff Johns was a part of that because it doesn't feel like a Titan story in any way, shape, or Look, form. Je- Jeff Johns was part of the Green Lantern movie. I mean, it didn't, you know, how do you feel about that? 
Yeah. yeah. Just because they throw his name on it doesn't mean he actually had anything to do with it. That's just them throwing. Well, it's like it's like how Stan Lee's name is on every Marvel production. No, nah, but see, I think it's different in the sense that a movie, you know, you got a lot of you have a, an entire studio that has a lot of you know a lot of sway and a lot of say in things, especially in that moment when you know when the Green Lantern movie was on, it was like. I mean, that's pre-MCU, you know? But when you're talking about a TV show, and especially with people, the pedigree of these people, you would think that, you know, like, those folks would have, especially themselves primarily, but you would think they would have, like, enough leeway and enough power to be like, okay, well, here's what the story's going to be. And it's like, I don't know. I mean, it just it just feels... Like, it doesn't even feel like, say, for instance, you know, like, if you had, like, an Elseworlds or you have, like, a, a, a year one kind of story, it doesn't even feel like a modern-day interpretation of the or the type coming together. It feels like... Larry, Larry, you're getting drowned out by that, whatever that is. That... Joe, what do, you, what do you got going over there? Uh, I think there's an airplane flying overhead. Okay. Oh. Just do me a favor. Just mute your mic. Mute your mic. Until yeah, you start just for a little bit. It sounds like even crowdfunding the show would not even make it look any better. I mean, like I said, like the the story doesn't feel like any any version of the Titans. Like that's the part I think for me where I'm just like, it's just a lot of you know. I don't even think, feel like the actors are bad. Like I honestly, like I feel like the actors, you know, definitely some of them are better than others, no question, but. You know, like they're all serviceable. It seems it's just the story's just not there to me, at least so far. Yeah, I mean, I can't say I disagree with that. I have to to disrespectfully agree. <laughs> right. But, uh, I, see but yeah, I guess we should talk about some real comics here. Uh, Joe, man, why don't you tell us a little bit about Lollipop Kids? All right, Lollipop Kids is uh, basically it's about when the settlers first came to North America, they brought all their monsters from the homeland with them, and they built a jail where Central Park is, and now there's a jailbreak, and the Lollipop Kids have to fix it. That's a very succinct uh, synopsis of of that of that comic, Jay. That's a really good job. But do they okay. hit them with lollipops or like what? The name really intrigued me, and I purposely didn't read it specifically just to have this like mystery and be able to just ask you things because the title is really like I wouldn't I wouldn't even call it weird. It's just lollipop kids. It's like okay, that could be a reference to how young they are or. You know, maybe a little little schoolyard gang or something. Well, it the origin of the name does not come up. Uh, they just mentioned that they're they're a legacy, which okay. basically the lollipop kids, since they built the jail, have been watching over it and making sure that the monsters stay in place. So they don't actually say the origin of the name. Okay, you know, that's just what they the refer to. 
yeah. that's how they refer to them. Okay. Now, and they are kids? Or is that yes. part just of the name? Okay. No, they're all kids. Okay. I think the main and protagonist is a 14-year-old dyslexic kid. He's very articulate. Threw me off at first <laughs> until he mentioned how dyslexic he is. <laughs> yeah, because he doesn't—he doesn't talk like a little kid. Like, I think, yeah, like he, he speaks like an adult. <laughs> but I feel you. I w- its interesting because, uh, you know, I read the book. Uh, the narration is definitely, uh, yeah, it, it doesn't sound like it comes from a fourteen-year-old, but they do. They do explain that. Um, but, you know, honestly, the biggest thing that tripped me out about about the book was that, um, you know, the art was great. However, I didn't realize that the main character was, was a boy. I thought it was a girl. Yeah, that was me, too, because it's a girl on the cover. Right. So I'm watching it, and I'm thinking he's a girl the whole time, just like a small flat-chested girl right 14 year old girl right right but then he's like refers to himself as her brother and i'm like oh because uh in the story what happens is the boy i can't think of his name right now but his sister is about to turn 18 and so they've been having a hard time like not getting along and he wants to reconcile with her before she goes away to college and they maybe never speak again. So, yeah, that did throw me off at first, but finding out he was a boy. Like, I don't even think I, I picked it up where you did. I, I think it wasn't until the towards the end and somebody referred to the character as he, and I was like, oh, is that a he? I was like, well, why are the eyes so pretty then? <laughs> like, okay well hey you, i guess you could be a he with pretty eyes is he the kid on the opening page with the wolf yeah yeah oh he looks like a kid like a dude yeah you think so yeah when he's laying in bed like in that fetal position that's a dude that's how that's how dudes lay i mean that chin like that's a dude chin that's a dude chin got it he even has like peach fuzz on his on his jaw. You're hilarious. <laughs> but when the next panel, when he's laying, that looks like that looks like John Connor's adoptive mother in uh, in Terminator Two. Moses, what are you talking about? What the the next panel under the one where he's laying in fetal position? Are you making a T two like an obscure T two reference? I even it's not, it's not that obscure. You know what her face looks like. John John Connor's who? Foster mother. The one that stabs the dude through the mouth. That's that's just you, Mo. That's like <laughs> I don't remember, Mo. Well, that's what she looks like. She looks like that kid. Got it. John Connor's foster mother is 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 the character in T two mixed? I don't know. She's okay. she has really curly hair and freckles. But darker skin than her husband. Got it. There you go. John Connor's foster mom. 
So it takes place in modern day, huh? Yeah. It's a modern day thing. And how does the story go? Does he know he's a lollipop kid, or what's the deal? No. Basically, while he's looking, he's in Central Park looking for a sister, and he starts coming across all of these clues that he thinks might lead him to a sister, but they're actually the lollipop kids, like kind of initiation or like not initiation, but they're uh, their way signs. Mm. basically, for them to guide them. And so the fact that he deciphers them uh, leads them to kind of accepting him and wanting to train him or wanting him to join them. Them. And that's where the first issue leaves you off, right? Where he meets them and learns about them? Right. It's it's a a good story. Like it's a it does a lot of things well, uh, especially for a number one. Um, you know, like the art is solid and the character is interesting, and you know that's even before you get to whatever the main the main thrust of the book. Like you know, it's like I I had a good time just learning about dyslexia, <laughs> you know, and I'm like. To me, I'm like that's that's t- a testament to the writing because, like, and it's it's interesting, like even and, and the art, honestly, because they even take a moment where they kind of present some writing to you um, from the character's perspective, but you don't necessarily know that, and so there was a moment that I kind of felt dyslexic because I didn't. I was like, why is that? like that you know i'm looking at a sign and it's backwards and i don't know why because they haven't told me yet that the character is dyslexic and it's not like they necessarily took it's not like they made it a point to show that the character was looking at that it was just that the character you were like in the character's world and so i'm looking at some stuff backwards and i'm like oh that's weird and i'm just like you know taking the time to kind of like make sure i can read what it's saying and, you know, maybe two panels after that, I'm learning about dyslexia and that the character has it. And I'm like, oh, OK, like now that makes a little bit more sense. And it kind of, you know, I don't know if that's intentional, but that's that was the experience I had. It, it put me even more into the character's kind of frame of mind and their point of view. But the interesting about that panel is that because it, uh, what the wording is on looks like glass. And so I was thinking at first that it was just like, you know, behind, like, you know, uh, like you're seeing it from behind, which is why it's backwards. But even if that's the case, the letters are still positioned wrong. Right. And so that's what kind of got me. I was like, oh, that's like, I know what it's supposed to say, but it's not saying that either backwards or forwards. Like, it's just wrong. Right. Which right. I thought was kind of interesting. Like, I thought it was weird, but then it's like, oh, he's dyslexic. I get it now. Right. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a cool. It was a cool thing. Now, how would you? One of the um, things I like. Another thing I liked about the writing is, for the short amount of time the lollipop kids are in the book, you still get a pretty good sense of them and their personalities. 
I agree. Which I thought was interesting because they really get like they get a full page, uh, two page spread, and then they're on three other pages. But you still get like a really good sense of like how the characters are, like what their personalities are. And when I say like three other pages, like two of those pages are exposition. So yeah. it's like even with all that, you still they're still giving you a really good sense of the personality for these characters that are only in a very small portion of the book. I agree. And and they do it in a way that's very organic <laughs> as opposed to like knocking you over the head with it. Which, you know, like it's not one of those like as much as, you know, I love comics, like one of the tropes that happens is like that that I'm just like, oh God, I kinda of, like it bothers me every time it happens, even when I was a little kid, was how they like say everybody's name like in the like, the first line that you know, like the first time you get introduced to people and it's like everyone in the group has to say everyone's name so you know who they are. And <laughs> it's like, so clunky where I'm just like, Oh my god, like, you know, if, in fact, you know where they did it the most, where I would hate it the most, was Transformers comics back in the day. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. Like, it's like, yeah, I understand that everyone doesn't know who these characters are because, you know, everyone's not, like, super hardcore. But it's like, jeez, man, like, why? Like, no one talks like this. Even Not even alien robots. <laughs> what were right. you going to ask? Oh, I'm sorry, man. Well, I was going to ask uh, because, you know, everybody listening, me included, probably never heard of this book but how would you pitch it to somebody to read it like a customer like let's say you worked at the comic book shop and you wanted them to buy it how would you sell it to them um, uh, oh go ahead jay no you go ahead i you know i would probably say something along the lines of um it being kind of like uh, a, a story that kind of has some coming of age kind of of undertones to it about a group of kids that that fight fantasy creatures. Like right. you know, that's probably that that probably be like the elevator pitch. You know, right, I'm gonna read it and I'm gonna prove to you that you don't know how to explain things. <laughs> no, hey, guess what? I mean, I'm just kidding. Larry. <laughs> if I got to do it in one line, that's where I go. But you're, yeah. look, it, it, the book is so much more than that. It really yeah. is. It really is. I don't know. Maybe Jay can do better. I was looking at the the, the creative team. The artist I'm not aware of. He probably did stuff that I haven't read yet. But Adam Glass, yeah, the writer. He's he's a uh, he was he was the guy that took over for. Uh, uh, on Supernatural for the creator when the creator left after right. season five. Mm-hmm. He did, I think, season six through nine, I think. Mm-hmm. Which were still pretty good seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he did... He he wrote the Supernatural comics. Yep. Yeah, and then he wrote... What else he wrote? He did Suicide Squad for New 52. Right, that's what I was going to say. He did the, okay. the, the Suicide Squad for New 52, which, yeah, I mean... That wasn't and, a bad book. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's it the how you say how this book doesn't really like hit you over the head with things. 
Suicide Squad was a book that would just bring in people and kill them yep. without having time to explain things. And then I don't I I always thought for Adam Glass that that came from his experience in TV. You know, because you got to let the plot drive. If you if you have questions, you just got to shut up and watch, and it'll be revealed if you know with a little patience. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I, I think that's probably what he brings over from TV into the comic book space. Now, how many uh, lollipops up would you give it? Um, I would give it a four out of five. It's a good story, good art. Especially good art really impresses me on like indie books. Yeah. I you so, know, I'll get to this when I do the Amazing Spider-Man review, but I feel like independent books right now are having better art than the mainstream books. But I don't read enough of both to really have that solidified. But I I really the art that I saw in this book really stood out and the covers are I really enjoy too. Yeah. So four out of five. What about you, Larry? I'd give it the same four out of five easy. Now, what would have made it a five? You know, honestly, I think that, um, I mean, I went into the book blind, so I didn't know what it was going to be about. And having ended up, reading it it's like maybe um while i really did enjoy learning all the stuff about the the main character it's like i kind of feel like they maybe take a little bit long to get to like what is probably going to be the main thrust of the book um you know and you know obviously i don't have any issues with with decompressed storytelling but I'm not 100% certain at this point that everything that we learned about the character in this first issue are things that are going to be relevant to the story moving forward. And so it's like once I get to the end, I was kind of like, oh, OK. Like, you know, like I, cause I, I, honestly, I didn't know what the book was going to be about. So when when you get to the end, it was almost like a twist for me where I'm like, oh, we're going. Here's where we're going. OK, got you. Even even though the splash page is the splash page i wasn't certain how we were going to get to that point and when i when i realized it i was like oh okay well well this this is interesting i would definitely like to read the next issue but i wouldn't be surprised if like maybe a quarter of the stuff that we we read about in the first issue maybe never comes back up again and if it does then you know what it'll be one of those things where i'll definitely be going back and recanting, <laughs> say talking about Adam Glass's genius, and and how he laid this foundation from issue one. But you know, like, yeah. But I, right now, I'm just like, oh, oh, you know, there was a lot of stuff that I learned, and I didn't not like it by any means. But I'm like, oh, maybe maybe I could have gotten a little less of that and a little bit more of the uh, the main push of the series, and that would have been, you know. Uh, uh, I guess in my ex- in, in my opinion, a better experience that would have pushed it over the top. How about you, Joe? Man, what could bring it to number five for you? To four, uh, to five out of five, rather. 
Um, I will say, yeah, the, the beginning is exposition heavy, and it's kind of brick-like, and I don't know that I would do it differently, but at the same time, it's a lot of unpacking, and I feel like I have seen it done smoother, although the amount of information you get is kind of huge. So it's like, I don't know. There's something about the beginning that's done really well, mind you, but there's like a shit ton of unpacking, but good unpacking, but not See, five out of five unpacking. <laughs> See, you know, I'm uh, I'm interested to to get to the f- end of the first arc and see what the review is then. I know I always say that, and then we never go back. But we should do it. We could yeah, do but it. yeah, yeah. I, but there's other stuff I want to do it for too. Oh, okay, let's. I don't. Next I don't. Week, what was the last uh, the last thing you said you want to do it for? We'll do it for that one. Next fuck, week. I don't remember, man. Oh jeez. Well, if you don't remember, by the time by the time. <laughs> By the time the show ends, I, I I can't remember what I chose the title to be. That's why this time I, I wrote it down. Hilarious. But it's funny. If you look at my little station, there's a lot of napkins with titles of titles and things that we covered in shorthand. Because, you know, I got a joint on one side and whiskey on the other side. So it's like I need a third hand to really, like, jot these things down. <laughs> There it is because I got high. Yeah. Well, yeah, lollipop kids. Look, I enjoyed the review almost as much as I probably would have enjoyed reading the book. The cover is done by Robert Hack, which is one of my favorites right now. He draws the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, and he does a lot of covers for Aftershock, which put out Lollipop Kids. Um. So yeah, they got they got a good little team going. That's good stuff. All right, next we got Constantine, City of Demons. Who didn't get to see that? I did not. Okay. I haven't seen it either. That's the one that was short for a while, right? Yeah, but they compressed it into a full length. Now, if you go on CWC, you can see the full length. There's no episodes. It just says there's only one episode, but it's the full movie. And then I guess last week they released it on Blu-ray. See, now... Right. I- I w- but it's not on the it's not on the DC app, huh? It should be, but I didn't I, see. It. Yeah, it, that's oh, some bullshit. If it's not. Well, I didn't have time to watch it anyway. Like, it's like after I got because I thought it was going to be there, so I waited, you know, until I was able to get access to it, and then after that, I was looking for it for a little while, and then I was like, oh, it's not here. So you should have gotten it on CWC. Oh, okay. While you were waiting I mean, I for the, have it. while you were waiting you did, for the password, you could have watched it on CWC for free. Yeah, you did mention it was on CWC. That is so. Remind me to give you a little uh, lesson on pre-production, Larry. Yes, Moses. I will remind <laughs> you. I'll be like, "Hey, Mo, that producing thing. Can you help?" Thanks. You know, we know you're we, the only we, one that ever worked on an actual radio show. Uh, <laughs> there, there have been a number of times where we gave Mayor Young pre-production tips, and still, 
here we are today. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> look, Tyre Claw, you better hope he doesn't get pre-production down, because then you're out of a little uh, a non-paying job. <laughs> it's okay. But he's yes, gonna have to learn someday. But be... he's gonna have to learn someday. But it might take a while. Constantine City of Demons. Um, it, it is the the actor, the voice actor from the TV show that again was a TV show I hated at first and kind of grew on me after a couple episodes. I think that might be the Berlanti effect. Um, but it, uh, it, it's that same character. Everything that they alluded to from his past in the TV short-lived TV series comes out in this little mini movie because I, I think it's only like an hour long if I'm not mistaken and uh, yeah it's actually it's actually pretty good it feels a lot more like the comics than everything anything I've seen Constantine in aside from vertigo comics it feels oh, which, which, which comics are you talking about the DC version or the real no, Hellblazer no. version I said vertigo Oh, okay. Yeah. No, it's you know it, they get like the whole him being in a in a rock band thing. They get him with, like with the whole demon and how he got into the 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 wizarding or whatever magicianing. You know he was already into that, but yeah, he, he hadn't got his invite to Hogwarts yet. Yeah, because he comes from a long line of. Of those people, in fact, the the villain, the guy in in Titans, the Constantine guy. Remember, they mentioned a Constantine guy with a K and without an E at the end. You guys don't remember that, right? right? Uh, no, yeah. So the that guy, up. yeah. So I thought he was going to be the villain. So it's like, oh shit! So they got this guy doing it, and he's like Constantine's like um, ancestor. And he was Rasputin at one point for Russia. He's a wizard from time. He comes out in the in the Trench Coat Brigade uh, miniseries on Vertigo. So I'm like, oh, shit, they got this guy in here? And I'm thinking, man, he's going to be the big bad of this. So it's kind of more mystical for these Titans, which kind of makes sense between Raven uh, being like the the starting point, you know? Mm-hmm. And then they, then they just kill him off. Oh. They don't do nothing with his powers or anything, so they probably just use the name. But but here you get you get a little bit of a, a background on Constantine and and what he did before the show and why he's so pissed off and and alcoholic during the show, which nobody saw. Um, oddly enough, I believe this film animated film ties in to the Justice League Dark. Too, oh, because okay. it's the same. It's the same actor playing Constantine. It's the same Constantine, and then it's the same from the live action from the Arrowverse. So, I don't know if that Justice League Dark is in the Arrowverse or if that Arrowverse is going to be part of the DC animated universe. I don't know. It's not the movie, so who gives a shit? You, you yeah. know, who else doesn't know? Warner Brothers slash DC. They don't. Yeah, know. that's true. <laughs> they're just they're just linking them where they can. <laughs> like, look, they're wearing the same color. Yeah, that's the universe. <laughs> yeah, 
But um, I, I like this. It, it made me feel like I was reading the comic without reading it. And oddly enough, when you read those old Constantine comics, they feel like you're not reading them. Like, you're just watching them. So it was like the same feeling. And, uh, you know, just a lot more cursing in the in the comics. But they're all British curses, so they're 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 not they're you know like sawed, yeah or sawed off or <laughs> something biting your thumb. Like in 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 growing up in my household, those are all real curse words. <laughs> That's because you guys <laughs> King's English. Those white it's- words. There's white words, right, right. There's another one that's like a Belizean one where you, it's, it's Ross. Uh-huh. And look, it, I still don't know what Ross actually means because every time I ask, everybody looks at me like, oh, my God, how could you say that? <laughs> <laughs> no one wants to talk about it. It means head. Does it? In yeah, Arabic. Ross Ra- Ghul is head of the demon. Yeah, but that's Arabic. That's not Belizean. (laughs) No, it's not that. Tomato, tomato. Tomato, fuck you. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's a short review for um, Constantine because, you know, I liked it. I I mean, Joe, I'm sure you liked it too, right? Yeah, I thought it was really good. Yeah, it was well made. You know, I think the brevity kind of helped it. Mm-hmm. Well, you're gonna say it had interesting what concepts, right? Like I like some of the concepts in it, like the uh, you know the collective consciousness of LA. Yeah, and uh, it has some other stuff in there, like the one spell he uses at the end. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Which I was kind of because I'm I'm not really familiar with Constantine. I just know that shit always goes sideways when he's involved. So I was kind of waiting for the shoe to drop after the like the end. I was waiting for the shoe to drop, and like yeah. that was super like that was kind of interesting. I didn't see that coming really. One thing that made Hellblazer really good and really kind of hard to. To watch, and I know Larry, Larry kind of likes this in movies too. In characters, it's uh, you know you see it a lot in Warren Ellis too, where it's like the protagonist does bad things to reach the 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 means at the end. You know, like he he just he knows in in one issue of of Hellblazer. His friend has to go. There's a cyber demon in the internet, if you could believe it. This was, you know, the eighties, <laughs> and he has to like get that demon. Like he got to get rid of it because he can travel the world through the internet. You know, faster than any other way um, than just jumping from people to people. So his friend, who's like a big tech guy, he goes, "Well, you know what? I can, you know, I've managed to fiddle with putting my consciousness in it." I can go in and kind of close the doors so you can get them with your spell. So they miss like technology with mysticism. And it gets to a point where there's two, if he gets the demon and stops him, beats him, the guy will die in the internet. Like he'll be just stuck in limbo 
Because he basically, I think he has to put the demon in the body and then destroy it, you know? And, yeah, there's no, like, you know, in TV shows like The Flash or anything like that, it's like, oh, man, that's the commercial break where he's got to think about what to do. But in that issue of Hellblazer, it's his friend, good friend. He doesn't think twice. He pulls the demon out, leaves his friend to rot in the Internet. You know, and it's like, uh, it's hard to swallow, but ultimately it's for the greater good. But his friend's just cussing at him through the screen. Like, you fucking asshole. I knew I couldn't trust you. You know, like, shit like that. That's why everybody hates Constantine. Yeah. He's going to do whatever he has to do. Yeah, and and that's something you don't get in um, in this movie, aside from the flashback with the little girl. And that's why he's so tormented. But even in the comics, like that that flashback with the little girl, it, this movie does it where it's a flashback with the little girl that somebody else tells you because he's not going to tell you. And that's how it is in the comics, too, where it's basically it, what happened with that little girl, that's what really scarred him to the point where he's like, you know what? If I end up killing people along the way, but it's ultimately to stop this, and he's not even trying to get to heaven or anything. It's like he's just trying to stop, you know, the spiritual realm from fucking with people, yeah. And uh, and he's just gonna do it. Like he doesn't care, you know. There, there's man, there's like a good fifteen issues where he stops doing it and he just falls in love with a chick, and kind of just you know contemplates raising that chick's kid, and then you know shit goes awry too. Then he's gotta he's gotta go back to being full Constantine. And then to me, that's that's what I love about that character, where it's like that's what makes him a good Vertigo character. You know, of course we lost all that once. You know, yeah, New Fifty Two happened, but they they don't. None of those new books kind of tap into that, even that attitude, because he walks around with an attitude because of that, because he doesn't want to be like that, but he has to be like that, because everything he's fighting is bigger than everything. Everybody than any one person, you know, no matter how much he cares about them. Yeah, yeah. So, so that was that. I mean, I give it, I give it four cast spells out of five. <laughs> how much would you give it, Jay? Um, I think I would give it four out of five too. So it was good. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, in the compressed version, not compressed version, but in the connected version where it's not a bunch of shorts together, um, it, it does feel like it has little like pauses, not in the way that it looks, but kind of in the way the story flows. So it's like little intervals, you know, because like six chapters or whatever, each like five minutes long or something. Something like that. But... Yeah, I mean, I would say check it out. If you could see it on CWC or the Blu-ray, maybe the Blu-ray is extended, who knows. But, you know, the seeing the Blu-ray being um, released gave me a little bit of, like, kind of, like, initial knee-jerk anger. Because it's like, what the fuck? Like, it's already here. But, you know, they don't promote the free CWC site like they should, you know? Oh, listen. They barely... Uh, they barely promote the paid app. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like, it's like they're gonna get their money on the Blu-ray, 
And you know what? Maybe they they took it. I was I was almost certain it was on the DC Universe app, but maybe they took it off the week that it was being released on Blu-ray so that people could pay for it. Maybe. I could have I could have sworn I saw I saw it on there. Like I didn't click it, but while I was scrolling through, I I know I saw it cuz Amber pointed it out. She's a huge Constantine fan. Yeah. She's like, oh, well, we need to see that next week if there's Constantine stuff in here. <clears throat> yeah. So I, you're, you're right. They might have just taken it off for a week. Yeah, I remember weeks. seeing it. I remember seeing it too. And right now, like, if you search for it, the search, the the suggested search is City of Demons, but it just gives you Justice League Dark, the the comics, and the Constantine live action. Which you should read those and watch those. I don't know about the comics, but I say read them anyway. If you're paying for the for the app, might as well read them. But yeah. Nah, you don't have to. Justice League Dark, maybe. I I don't know about the New Fifty Two Constantine. Just go back to the old Hellblazers, which might be on there actually. No, they're not. Well, they fucked the app. Um. Yeah, we we got one more thing to get to. Amazing Spider-Man. Oh, here we go. Need to pour myself another drink for this one. <laughs> so last week, last week we um we bashed Nick Spencer pretty. Yeah, we gave him a good bashing. Was was that last week? I believe it was last week. Do you believe it was we? I know it was me and Larry for sure. Okay, so it's the royal week. Yeah, I know you like you're mad because it's not the whole. You want superior back or something? You're talking about Oz, right? Yeah, yeah. But we were talking about how Nick Spencer, right, taking over for Dan Slott was a little, little hard, and yeah. Um, you know, I finally caught up. You know, I all the things I said the last episode were just from reading the first issue. Nothing else. But I caught up. I read issue two through seven yesterday, and uh, the stuff still—it's it, it, good. This is not Dan Slot good. Dan Slot—I didn't realize how, how how high he raised the bar. Yeah. Um, but it, it's if where where Dan Slot's Spider-Man feels like a a really good science fiction adventure. That's like thrilling. This feels like more of the CW show. <laughs> no, no, you're right, though. Or uh, yeah, I was gonna say like the animated cartoon series, you know. But yeah, it's good. Yeah, it it just doesn't feel. It, it's not you know. It's not great. Yeah, it's like Nick Spencer, Amazing Spider-Man, based on that slot. Yeah, but he does a weird. He does weird things in in the sense that it feels like a TV show. Uh, you know, the first the first arc is there's two Spider Man. There's Peter Parker and then there's Spider Man and they're living separate lives together. And that happens very weirdly. Like a TV show, like a CW TV show. Where it's basically uh uh Peter Parker got um he got offered a job or he got offered a uh tuition paid and and to join Kurt Connor's class at Empire State University so he could redeem himself uh 
for his doctorate, you know? And Dr. Connors is working on research with the machine that gave Spider-Man his powers. He wants to reverse engineer it to separate its um, DNA joining capabilities. In turn, you know, heal himself from being the lizard. Yeah. Uh, you know, then Taskmaster and Eric O'Grady. Reading this Eric O'Grady made me realize, yeah, I hate movie Ant-Man. <laughs> Why? Because it's Paul Rudd. Like, it, it's Paul Rudd. Black Ant is Paul Rudd. Okay. Like, Scott Lang is not Paul Rudd. Mm. Scott Lang should have been John Krasinski. Mm. Good to see yeah. That. Of course you see it. And Hank Pym should have been, you know, John Krasinski as well. Yeah. <laughs> John, John Krasinski <laughs> should play all of them. I, I, John Krasinski could have been a really good Hank Pym slash Yellow Jacket, like, yeah, just like uh, Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes, like the, how that cartoon did it. Oh, that, that's John Krasinski could have knocked that shit out of the park. It's so funny because another another one of my friends was trying to convince me that he should be uh, Reed Richards, Mister Fantastic. I, I don't was, think he should be Reed Richards. No, nah, like man, I'm like that doesn't work. You know, but like he's he a could good definitely, actor. yeah. But he would be an amazing Hank Pym in Yellow Jacket. You're right. That would be yeah. like, oh man, like I almost wish MCU had done that. You almost wish you introduced me to this friend of yours. You know him, so I could shut him up. <laughs> Look, you you know him, and you know. Trust me, he he. You don't have to shut him up. You could just tell him he's wrong, and he'd be like, "Yeah, I don't talk to that guy anymore." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that him yellow jacket, Hank Pym, Ant Man, like it'd be fucking amazing. But um, yeah, this this Eric O'Grady is the way he talks to Taskmaster. Like I never seen anybody talk to Taskmaster like that. You know? Yeah. But Taskmaster goes up with it because guess what? He's fucking Paul Rudd, you know. Then that—that's why I don't like—I don't fuck with the Ant Man movies. Like I, I felt like fucking with it with, after Civil War, just because it's like, oh, I like Ant Man there. But again, that's Ant Man in a team scenario. I didn't have to deal with his with himself, you know, his own story. Um, but yeah, they they come in and they try to hijack that machine and, and steal it for they're working for somebody, and you know it, it's really like it feels this run of Amazing Spider feels like a TV series. Like if you ever watched the original um, Power Rangers series, they had those two bullies that were like there was one skinny one and one fat one. Bulk and Skull. Yeah. Taskmaster and Black Ant are bulk and skull because they come in, they do nothing, they get their ass beat, and they disappear, and then the action starts with somewhere else. That's exactly how every issue of this first arc of Amazing Spider-Man goes. And it's like, you know, it, you go where, where Dan Slott got inspiration from Doctor Who for for Spider-Man in his science, fi- science science fiction adventures. Nick Spencer's going to Power Rangers. Like <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. It's 
it, you know what it is is that or and here's the thing like you know just especially like coming off a of dance lot it, it's like Dan Slott loves comic books. Yeah. And Dan Slott loves Spider-Man especially. Yeah. And what Dan Slott did, just kind of like uh, almost similar to what you were saying, is he took all the influences that he's had in regards to storytelling and brought them to comics. And he was like, you know, what can I do to make this particular comic better like what can i do to elevate spider-man yeah he still wants to be a comic book but it's like it can be more and you can t- and dan slot knew that and he brought that like he didn't he didn't try to make it not comics he just tried he was just like what's the best version of comic books or what's the best version of a spider-man comic book and that's what dan slot brought you and, and he even but, like fixed all the bad shit from the past, right? And that and that's that's because he loves the character. Where he's like, "How can I make this Clone Saga thing not a terrible mark on Spider-Man's history?" You know what I'm saying? Like, how do I, you know, what what's the coolest version of Doctor Octopus there could ever be? What's the coolest version of you know the Green Goblin or the Hobgoblin there could ever be? You know. It's like, how do I make it better? And you could tell, like, that's exactly like Dan Dan Slot went home, and he really wanted that to happen. And it's just like, there's nothing wrong with really what Nick Spencer and Otley are doing here. No, because they're they're still they're still well crafted books, right? But and they're still fun. But it's almost like it's just comics, and that's the messed up part. Where it's like, you know, like. This book now makes me it it's like you know how you sometimes people that like they only watch movies or they only watch the TV show they're like oh well you know there's no reason for me to watch to read the comic book because I have this you know what I'm saying it's like this is the best version of the character right and it's like you know when you have Dan Slott writing Spider-Man, you're like, you can like seriously go and say to somebody like, oh, yeah, I know you like that that kid from the MCU. And, you know, that Homecoming movie was was pretty good. But here's a better version of Spider-Man if you want to read it. You know what I'm saying? Like you can get better stuff. It's like Spencer doesn't make you feel that at all. Spencer's <laughs> like, OK, like it's like if if I gave somebody amazing spider-man number one it's like they would probably be like well why no i shouldn't i I wasted my time and i don't even know if i could be like yeah you're right you know or or you're wrong i don't know if i could tell them they're wrong it's like because it's not like that version of spider-man is not the best version of (laughs) spider-man and i feel i feel a little um i don't want to say jip because that's derogatory towards gypsies but Shortchanged? Is that derogatory towards short short people? No, no, no. No, it's derogatory towards you know. I'm not even gonna say it. Go ahead. <laughs> so yeah, um, I feel shortchanged because they didn't lower the price when Nick Spencer came along. You know what I mean? Well, that would suck, right? <laughs> 
<laughs> like, could you imagine? Dad's well, not anymore. So, would you like well, this book for a buck off? <laughs> but the thing is, all of Dan Slott's books were double the size. A lot of them were. You're right. They like, all were. They all had a backup story. And this, like, I breeze through seven issues of this amazing Spider-Man run in two hours. I would dedicate probably about thirty minutes to each Dan Slott book. Because yeah, there was I mean, two, there was two books in one. Not to mention, his stuff was dense, like and yeah. not, like not in the sense like not Warren Ellis dense, where you're like, what does that mean? Or or As John Hickman. It was just like he put little Easter eggs for what he was going to do next. Yeah, and it's like you know his books were worth reading twice just to make sure that there was not like a hint of something that you might have missed. Yeah, no, it, I definitely like. You know, he had good artists, too. Ryan Otley is actually, he's doing really good work here. It's super kinetic. And um, there's a scene where the split, when Peter and Spider-Man split into two different entities, the Spider-Man takes over the Tri-Sentinel and hacks into it and becomes, like, it becomes a Spider-Bot. And that art, when he's writing in it, is really cool. I agree. Like I mean, he, he did that whole spray paint thing on the face. Yeah. <laughs> he just graffitied the Spider-Man face on the Tri-Sentinel face. Yeah. No, no, it was it, it's amazing stuff. And yeah, the the art the art is hard to is is hard to knock. Even though on, in a lot of parts, I feel he is kind of toning down his style. But in some parts, he's letting it go too. So I don't know. It's. I like it, I guess, is all I can say about it. I I almost wish Kirkman was writing this. Oh, man, yeah. Because, you know... I don't think it'd be that it's funny, just, though. That's true. And it's like, you know, obviously, even though uh, Invincible was highly influenced by, by Spider-Man or Spider-Man comics... It's like by the time you get to the end of that series, it's a whole different thing. And yeah. yeah, like may may but I would I see but I do feel like Kirkman would come to Spider Man like, well, how what what story can I tell that hasn't been told yet? Like how do yeah. I innovate Spider Man? And I don't feel like Nick Spencer did that. I feel like Nick Spencer is like, Well, what makes a good Spider Man story? Yeah. And that's what he that's what he made, which is fine. You know, it's it, like look, it might not even be him. They might say, like, okay, we need Spider-Man to do this, this, and this for these six months because at the eighth month mark, we're gonna have this event. You know? Maybe. That, I mean that could be so that could be so. Like it, it could be an editorial edit, but yeah. You know, if you I um know. every it, another weird thing that this book does, I I can't even blame it on Spencer. 100% until I ask him. Again, I'm teasing him being on the show. Um, it starts off with a little prologue to something else that's happening in Africa with Craven. And, yeah. and then it goes into something that's happening in Peter's life that has nothing to do with the main story. And then it gets into the main story that's been going on from issue to issue. So it's like, for example, the first issue starts, the second issue starts with uh, a pudgy poacher um, hunting an elephant 
and then it cuts off. Like he they they hear a noise and it cuts off. Then it's him waking up next to Mary Jane. Like him he wants to tell something. He he has something to tell her, but she's like, you know what? Let's just let's just have some coffee and go about our day. And then then it goes to where the last issue left off. You know? And mm-hmm. every issue does this and I don't think I like this. <laughs> like when are these other ancillary events happening if you know the book is going on with this main story, you know? Yeah. It, the the first the first arc with with the the tri sentinel and, and the split Peter Parker Spider Man thing was like that all all over, and then the next arc started with um, Umberto Ramos drawing it. Oh, yeah, and you know it's it's great. Like he's drawing it, but it starts off with uh, again the two bullies, Black Ant and Taskmaster, and then and they, they they're fucking with the Vulture, and then it cuts off. And then it goes into, then it goes into the actual story. But I think this this little arc is only two issues, so I don't know what eight is going to be like. Issue seven is like that. Mm-hmm. It, it ends with issue seven like that. That that story is actually pretty good, and that's where my apology to Nick Spencer comes. Where it's like I'm not going to apologize for what I said the last episode. I'm going to apologize for not reading, for you know, not being current and saying those things. Um, I still stand by those things, but issue six and seven are actually a really good story. Because, you know, Peter Parker and Boomerang are roommates now, right? Yeah. Yeah, so these last two issues were them bonding. <laughs> okay. And and it was actually good stuff. Like, I can see where making it like a TV show, like, where this would be really cool to watch, you know? Yeah. Um. I would definitely rec- out of his run right now. I would just recommend issue six and seven. Like I, that feels like Dan Slot stuff. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah, wow. because it's it's a little more dense. There's more dialogue, everything humor, and you know, there's. I don't think Peter per- puts on the Spider-Man costume at all in those two issues. What? Like it's all character stuff. And and but and it's Otley. No, it's Humberto Ramos. Throughout both issues? Yeah. Oh. Ramos and then another guy, I forget, because when Boomerang does his um his his uh flashbacks, mm-hmm. it's uh it's another artist. I know it's a good artist, but I forget his name. Okay. Yeah, I, I read uh through to issue five. Okay. So that was the last issue of that, yeah. that initial arc. Yeah. Um, everybody's all... in chat saying "fuck Batman." <laughs> Are they really? Yeah, paces so uh, some guy with a a little Star Wars emoji as a name says "fuck Batman," and then Pace says "yes, fuck Batman," right in the pussy, and then. So did they explain Batman's origin story? I guess it's back to Titans talk. Oscar answers that question. And Hex says, yo. Hex just got here. 
<laughs> but yeah, um, this run though, I mean, I can't say I dislike it. It could be worse, you know. Um, oh, yeah, no, no, we've definitely read worse Spider-Man, no question. I guess I, I'm gonna try to do this for next episode, but don't hold me to it because I'm probably not gonna do it. Let's <laughs> do my my dream team of Spider-Man writers like people i want either people i don't know I, I just thought of it right now but maybe i should think about people that i want that haven't written spider-man to write in or people that have done it to come back you know what i mean that that aren't dan slot <laughs> yeah yeah none of them are, are dan slot yeah because oh, okay. i mean dan Slot's not going to be here forever yeah are you wishing death upon dan slot no but i do like I mean, I like what he's done on other books, too, so I want to see him do other things that he wants to do, too, you know? His Iron Man is amazing. Uh, I'm not reading that. It, uh, okay. Look, I don't re- I don't read Iron Man. That's okay. It's more Iron Man for me. Yeah, good. Enjoy all your Iron Man all up in your guts. Listen, that's fine. You you sit over there in your Dan Slotless comic book space. Hey, Have I'm fun. still catching up on Silver Surfer. Have fun. No, no, that's another character he loves, a Silver Surfer. I I didn't get to read that last that last run. It's but it's, yeah. it's what thirty something issues, right? Um. Well, see, here's where they fuck me, and I'm so mad because <laughs> when Secret Wars happened, they got rid of it, you know. And then when they fixed it, it came back, and they just kept doing it without any promotion. Yeah. So I didn't know it was back. Yeah, like not he didn't even like post it on Instagram. So I'm like, it turns. I thought I was only like, you know, I didn't read the final issue before Secret Wars because that would mean that it ends, and I don't ever want it to end. So I didn't read it. Now it turns out I'm 18 issues behind. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. There, there's supposed to be an omnibus coming out on Amazon. Mm. So I'll probably just buy that. That's fair. It's a hardcover. It's going to be like a hundred something bucks. Wow. Uh, Jeezy, Dr. For Ev says, did he apologize for hating Venom now that it's topped the box office again? Oh, that's... Stan, Stan, uh, what, I get Stan Pat like a pink turtle? I don't know what's happening. I don't know. I think Jeezy, Dr. For Ev had a stroke at the end of his chat. Yeah. The thing well, is, he subscribes. Um, he subscribes to the Tire Claw school of movie reviews. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, I, I I stand by my comments for Venom. It's still not a good movie, and I defy anybody that like loves that movie. Like, I can guarantee you, they love Fast and the Furious. They love Transformers. Like, <laughs> it's lowest common. It, it it appeals to the lowest common denominator, which yeah. apparently we have too many of right now. That's why. That's why we that, we have we have. The pissing Autobot guy as the president right now. <laughs> Basically, the lowest common denominator are the Venom fans. That's what you're saying. Look, looking uh, forward no. to Hobbs and Shaw. You got your Spider-Man fan, and then you got your Venom fans. No, I'm pretty sure there's no both- Venom fans. There's no Venom fans. Any Sp- any Venom fan, any true Venom fan, is really just a Spider-Man fan. I, I, I mean, I don't know if I go that far. I mean, at this point in the character's life cycle, like there are people that can be just Venom fans. Like, 
like he had a whole series where he was Flash Thompson. Yeah, but that's not that's again. Look, look, Oz is having a stroke now. Um, again, that's all Spider-Man related. Like it all comes from. If if you didn't like Spider-Man before, you wouldn't give a fuck about Flash Thompson being Venom. No, listen, I'm not saying he's not Spider-Man related, but I mean that's what I'm saying. Like it's you. It's a Spider Verse. It's a, that's, it, like, that's like saying like, what about the Punisher? The yeah. Punisher starts in a Spider-Man comic book. Right, but he's his own character now. Yeah, but he's not tied into Spider-Man like Venom was. Well, that I agree with. Well, but you have to because it's true. But the, the version, like Agent Venom, isn't like super. It's Spider-Man related, but it's not the same as like Eddie Brock's Venom. That you can technically, but it's an evolution of that symbiote to another step. Which again ties it to Spider Man. Like it's it's That's fucking no question. No, it, like it, Spider Man five hundred point one or whatever, where whatever the issue that Venom came out in, that Age of Venom came out in, they had to do it in the Spider Man book for people to read it. I mean, if you're saying that venom as a character is not as popular as spider-man i would agree with you like i'm, it, not-, I'm not even saying that i'm saying that if you were reading spider-man books you heard about that venom and then you became a fan of it you know it, you know once it came out you know if people jumped on that bandwagon they're not real venom fans hey I, I, you you could be right i'm absolutely right i'm hosting today i'm right <laughs> so you could you could very well be right. We'll find out and by in the, the third week. Of hosting, nah, look, there's there's not gonna, there's not going to be a third week for them. The Halloween is coming out next week. That's going to take all the money. Oh yeah, you don't think you don't think Venom can fend off Halloween? No, absolutely not. That that shit's forty years in the making. Like Venom anybody is that loves for Michael Halloween. Myers been waiting for this movie. Uh. Everybody that loves Michael Myers has been waiting for this movie since H2O when they fucked it up. You know, 20 years in the making. So Wait, so is this... I like that movie, though. Um, well, that's the, the thing is, that's the only one that's, like, kind of tied into the original, like, I, I, I want to say trilogy, even though it's four movies, because I don't count three, you know? Three was awful. I know some I, people love it for the no. camp value. No, I, I like right. three. I like three for what it is, but it's not, you know, it, it's it's like them trying to kick off a shared universe. You know what I mean? But they didn't do it right. But yeah, it's basically on Halloween tomatoes. one, Halloween two. Shut up for a second. Yeah, Halloween one, Halloween two, and Halloween four. Then you have Halloween H two O. You know. And it's like, okay, that ties into that. And then, then they did a bunch of stuff that doesn't go with it. And then now we're getting, you know, Halloween H40. And that, that's going to tie in, I think, to Halloween 4. Like, it's going to disregard H2O. And that's what we've all been waiting for. <laughs> yeah. it's got Even though the Buster Rhyme one is one of my guilty pleasures. Which was like, that one? That- that's like six or something. Yeah, where they're doing the reality show in the yeah. Myers house. 
Like, I know it's bad, but I, I still like it. <laughs> What's that one called? I think it's The Resurrection. Yeah, that was, that was so bad. Yeah. <laughs> and to think Halloween, it was bad. And to think Halloween was originally supposed to be an anthology series of film, but that first one, people wanted more of the same. So they ended up with uh, Mike Myers and multiple sequels. It, and it to took... think Leonard Malton gave it five thumbs up. <laughs> like, this entire cloud just reads the back of the DVDs and quotes it. Um, now, in amazing. spirit of, of me hosting, I'm going to move it right along. We're going to jump into oh. news. You got news music, Tire Claw, or should we just jump in? Music? Here we go. <laughs> Comic book news. We should have a, like, uh, like, hurry up. <laughs> Well, not, not like that, but like. All right. So this little bit of news comes from the All Games blog. Um, there was a leak last week. Of course, everything happens right after we shut down the show and stop broadcasting. But um, there was a leak for Spider-Man from Far From Home. They show a new costume. They had the thing with the old all-black costume that they thought was... I don't know what they thought they was, but they got a new one that's... Ju- it, they say it's a new costume, but I, I put new in quotes because it's really just the original costume from Homecoming. It's just black instead of blue. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, if you got to read the blog, you realize that Really, like, all I see is Zendaya is being the, the damsel in distress in all these pictures. So she's, like, um, she's basically, like, the Mary Jane character this time around, which is a little weird. You know, like, you know, people don't like her because she's not white and redhead, you know what I mean? Um yeah. I, I love how Tyre Claw, like, we have pictures on the All Games blog. He's putting in from chat stuff from the internet. Like, <laughs> we created the content, Tiger Claw. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're giving other people the hits. Like, <laughs> you know, like, I, I, I write these blogs so we could get the hits, so we could post the links from there, you know? And then Tyre Claw, and then Derek still hates us. But that's beside that's the point. But yeah, it's basically like I I want Zendaya is a a a good looking woman, you know. She could be a model. She's interesting looking enough in the exotic sense to be a a model. She's she's attractive. She's not an ugly woman, you know. But they uglied her the fuck up in Homecoming. She looked like she never showered, and uh, and that's not what I want out of Mary Jane. Like I don't want a, a white. I look, I gave up on the white. Redhead Mary Jane. That's what I would like, but I'm not gonna get that. I, I have Ryan Otley for that, but because <laughs> he he draws a good Mary Jane. Oh yeah. <laughs> I can't I can't you know whatever I got to say about this book, the, him those romantic scenes between Peter and Mary Jane, a true genius from Ryan Otley. Um, but but this Zendaya like. Put some conditioner in her hair, some moisturizer, something, a little layer of foundation, because 
you can't have no, uh, you know, roll out of bed pajama wearing Mary Jane in these movies, you know? At least you shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. But that's my bit of news on that. I know, Larry, you, you kind of prepared some news stories. You want to kick it off real quick? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, we can do that. Um, Let's see. Uh, James Gunn. Looks like I got Ooh. some news. <laughs> pedophile. <laughs> jokester. Wait, he's a jokester? Yeah, pedophile jokester. He's pedophile not, jokester. He ne- as far as I know, he never diddled some kids. but Exactly. It looks like uh, he got snatched up by Warner Brothers to do some work over on the Suicide Squad sequel. Um, I think he's confirmed to be writing the sequel. Yeah. I don't know... I don't. I don't think they say anything about him like directing or anything like that. But I think people are hoping that that will be the case. Why are people hoping that? Like he didn't do anything great. Well, a lot of people like Guardians, so it's they, those people. And I, I think everybody pretty much felt like Guardians was better than Suicide Squad. So they say just, uh, like, maybe a they better Suicide that- Squad movie. They they say that this new Guardian, I mean this new uh, Suicide Squad, will not even be a sequel, but it's like they're rebooting it or something. Oh, that's retarded. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like, right now, I don't think anybody knows anything because the DC cinematic or extended universe, whatever you want to call it, is in such disarray that you know. I mean, at this point. No one knows anything about the Suicide Squad movie outside of they're going to get a script from James Gunn. Uh, I, I guarantee James Gunn doesn't even know anything about the Suicide Squad movie yet. <laughs> so much so that uh, Dave Batista. Oh, it's it's a reboot, this or that. It's all bullshit. What's that have to do with rebooting it? Right, right. I mean... No, nobody knows what's going to stay and what's going to go outside of probably the fact that they were probably going to keep Margot Robbie because they're already making what two movies with her. Yeah. So if if they're already banking on her being in two other movies, it wouldn't make sense for you not to use her in the movie that people liked her in, right? Yeah. Like if anything, she should use it as some. Well, I don't know if she, how if she can. I'm not her agent, but uh, maybe maybe next week we'll interview her agent. But, um, <laughs> like she could might she might be able to use that to get more money. But that's that's the thing about Suicide Squad. She can be the only one to return, right? Easy. Which means no Easy. Will Smith. And so, I mean, yeah, but, it could and, that and, could be the case. But uh, another thing I I heard that Dave Bautista wants in on it too. Who could he possibly play in a Suicide Squad movie? <laughs> Well, they there's be- only like three people he could play. Who are the three people he could play? He could play Drax. <laughs> and he then he could play he could play King Shark or Killer Croc. I think he could play either He could either play Clayface or Solomon Gun- Grundy. Nah, nah, he he can't be Solomon he Grundy. He can't be Clayface. He can't be Clayface either cuz Clayface is supposed to be an attractive actor, dude. Yeah, he can't be, and he can't be. Yeah, uh, you don't think he's Solomon attractive? Grundy. Okay. 
<laughs> you do? Say it to his face, Oz. Say it to his face. Yeah, the heck got what I was saying. Batista can play Batista. Like the <laughs> oh, the the people that he can play are people like him. I, I I heard he did Blade Runner well. I haven't seen it, so I can't speak on that. But I know he could pretend to be a guy that doesn't know nuance and context, and <laughs> still manage to get nuance and context. That's perfect for Queen Shark. Word. So yeah, but that's happening. And uh, now, what do you think of like any blowback from uh, from people that are upset by his behavior and everything on Warner's? Like, you don't think Warner's is afraid of that? No, they they wouldn't have hired him if they did. If they were, like, obviously they knew he was available, and they know why he's available. And the messed up part of the whole thing is that Warner's is like, we don't care. And the people that got him fired from Disney are like, well, we got him fired from there already. Let's move on to the next target. Because it was never about, oh, he did this terrible thing. It was just like, oh, we don't like your politics, so you have to pay. Yeah. And so that's the messed up part about it, where it's like, let the dude just do his work where he wants to do the work. You know, it's like, I don't like the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, but I don't know that I want him not to be able to do it because uh, he's vocal about not liking what the president does. Right. Yeah. Well, Disney's a bunch of fucking hypocrites, too. But yeah, yeah they can be. You know, they're they're dancing in their money from their tax cut, not <laughs> giving it to their employees. You know what I mean? <laughs> I do know what you mean. So, you know. But yeah, I, so we'll see. Oh, go ahead. And I and I know because they didn't want to pay their cleaning staff to clean the park, so they hired one of my clients who's like a freelance cleaning guy. And uh he had to go clean the park after hours because they didn't want to give their people overtime, so they hired like staffing agency people kinda, you know? So they don't have to pay overtime or anything. Meanwhile they got all this money from a tax cut. Word. But that's neither here nor there. Um, now, this whole thing with the dude from Vader, what was it, the the, the Marvel book Vader, was it Chad Winnick or not Chad Chuck, Winnick? Chuck Wendig. Wendig. I, for, I, for a little bit, I was like, man, Judd Winnick got fired? Right. No, I no. didn't know he was working that Vader. Vader <laughs> Vader's no, castle. Chuck, Chuck Wendig actually is a, is a novelist. Mm-hmm. And he, he, he's written star wars novels and so you know it's like like he's that's like his primary thing and so in recent years he started writing uh some star wars books at marvel you know the Uh whole brand synergy thing and it's not like you know he he's vocal as well on twitter yeah and you know he he's he's not not only is he vocal but he's vulgar uh yeah. in regards to what's going on in the white house and you know now, is he an, is he pro trump or anti trump no, no he's anti okay very anti donald trump and the republican party the present republican party 
Yeah, and that's where I was like kind of like confused where it's like why did they fire him? Well, what what the official word that he got was the the editorial staff or one of his editors basically let him know that uh it's because of his tweets and the the, the vulgarity. They says not the politics, but it's the vulgarity. And you know, the dude's tweets are vulgar. Like he's but- is there a decency clause or something in this contract? I guess there must be if he was able to go, you know, be fired so easily. I don't see. Here's the thing, though. Like, I don't know if it's so much a decency clause. Um, but yeah, because I don't think I don't think because yeah, I don't think it's a decency clause. I I think I did read that they canceled the book too. Oh, did they really? Yeah, so that might be a way to get out of not having that decency clause on a contract. Yeah, maybe. But, you know, I don't know. It's it's really strange just because, uh, you know, like they had, like, he got books announced at NYCC. Yeah, they canceled those too. Right. That's what, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, he's, he's in the middle of a series, a Darth Vader series right now. And uh, it's right looks now. amazing. I wish they would have promoted it better so I could read it. But, <laughs> but now I'm not um, going. Yeah, well, somebody else is supposed to come finish it. So no, they canceled the series. Oh, did they? I yeah, they that was that was announced. You know, two hours before we went on air. Oh, I didn't realize. Or six that. hours. So yeah, they 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 canceled. It's Vader's castle, right? Uh Shadow of Vader. Shadow of Vader. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they so, didn't cancel that one. But. Oh, oh, you know what? Actually, you know what? Maybe you know you might be right because yeah, that might be the the current one, and then these are the ones that were upcoming. But yeah, so you know, but and the thing is, I guess from his perspective, you know, under normal circumstances, he would just have been quiet about it. But he just kind of feels like, even though they say it's the profanity, he feels it's the politics, and he feels like. Again, it's kind of like a group a group of I guess right leaning people that are kinda being a vocal minority in regards to what what like basically trying to say that hey, you know, you can't have people like this representing your brand and Disney slash Marvel caving in. Which, you know, it's very strange though, because it's kinda like I mean, what about Dan Slott's Twitter? Yeah. Like, Dan Slott is very anti-Trump. Yeah. And and he uses his fair share of profanity. And I'm not saying that, oh, well, you got to fire Dan Slott, too. No, well, like he, you, he uses you, profanity you straight, to the, straight to the readers. Say what? He uses profanity straight to the readers. That is true. Remember he told that one guy to go fuck himself? Right. <laughs> right. Oh, and so it's like... But so it's just weird because it's kind of like, well, how do, how are we deciding who it is that, you know, that should be and can be fired and who it is that can and can't be like, you know, it's like, don't get me wrong. I understand that Dan Slott to Marvel is more valuable than than Wendig. Heck, heck, the chat says Marvel head loves Trump. Right. And that's kind of where I was trying to get to. But 
I don't know how much control he has in the editorial, but he could just send a memo, you know? Yeah, you know, well, it's, yeah, it's Ike Perlmutter, right? Yeah. And But, you know, here's the thing. Yeah, like, I don't feel like he has a lot of, like, all the stuff he had was, like, uh, all the control or all the titles he had were all um, figurehead-type titles, I thought. Like, I don't even think he has those anymore. I'm sure he's making money still, but... Yeah, I mean, supposedly he's too busy shadow shadow cabineting the VA to 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 be messing around with editorial decisions. But yeah, I, I mean, I mean, it could be just one of those things where I mean, you know, Trump loves Twitter. He'd be true. like, he'd be like, Ike, Ike, tell Chuck when Dick to to shut the fuck up. You know? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Which is, you know, and yeah. That was my terrible Trump impression. <laughs> Could have come from on high. Yeah. You know, but it's just crazy how, like, how that can happen. And it's like, you know, it, of course, people run parallels between the things that happen to people on the right. But it's like, most of the time, if somebody on the right is expressing an opinion and gets fired, it's usually like try like whether it be intentionally or inadvertently trying to say that a person is less of a person, <laughs> you know, where it's like, right. you know, like saying something racist. Well, I think they had to shut him up because, you know, the book he was writing was about an immature, emotionally immature tyrant that rose to power. <laughs> they were like, we we don't want to see his commentary on that. Yeah, he's gonna have a blonde wig next issue. <laughs> so, but yeah, man, but he's Vader, out. Vader's gonna call fucking Princess Leia horse face. Oh my god. <laughs> but yeah, so um, you know, under normal circumstances, he would have kept quiet about it, but because he kind of felt it was kind of a. a a political hit job type deal. He was like, "Hey, well, here's what happened, and here's what they, here's why they said it happened." And you know, of course, people are in arms. So, yeah, I, no, it's 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 a weird thing with freedom of speech right now, where it's getting subverted in in weird ways. You know, not legally, but through you know, cap the real the real. The real value of America, which is the corporation, the corporate entities, you know? Yeah, I, you know, it's one of those things where, I mean, obviously freedom, freedom of speech deals specifically with the government. Yeah. So it's like, as long as the government isn't trying to suppress what you're saying, you're good. Yeah. Which, you know, there but, are... But the, the government's, you know, the government has a long arm. And the fingers are corporate America, and the puppets are us. Well, I mean, you know, yeah, but you know, it's one of those things where I, I feel like you definitely have to. It it, it kind of cuts both ways to a certain degree, just because in the one vein where you're like, yeah, there are some people that are getting screwed over, um, for what they believe, and yeah, it's not officially the government, but it kind of is the government, like. With this, with Windig, it could, you know, you could draw a line and say it might be. Uh, it's, you know, that's kind of definitely the case with with the NFL and yeah. 
there, you know. But Roseanne too, huh? Roseanne too. Like to me, it's it's you know it's different circumstances, but it's it's kind of the same. It's being cut off at a certain level before you you know it, it's it's weird. Like everybody's on eggshells. You know, and it, it's like whether it's government directly or corporate directly, it's it's fear of loss of sales or loss of viewers or, you know, it the whole thing smells fishy to me. I don't like it. Yeah. You know, but I was going to say that. That's why I, I voted it. early. Word. So you can't hack my vote. <laughs> but on the other hand, you do have corporations that are, you know, Taking stands like a, a, a opposite the current administration as well, and so you know. Name one. I mean, all all the people that um, pulled out of that big conference in in Saudi Arabia, like you know, that that you know the the reporter uh, guy. Yeah, but what companies are them? Like you're saying all. I don't know. Uh-huh, which they, they're not with the president no matter what. Well, I mean, but uh, well, does that not, do they not count as a corporation? Or I mean, you can, like, I, I know there's a whole, there's a whole sense of calling them fake news, you know, like, yeah, you know, they're going to go against the president no matter what at this point. Okay. So, and you know, did the alternative press get out of that thing? Oh, I don't even know if they were I'm sorry, invited. the Associated Press. Did the Associated Press pull out of it? Cause that's, I mean, that's where I get my news. That's all I care about. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure if the Associated Press was going because I think it was kind of a, a, you know, it was, yeah. I don't know if they were, if they were going or not, but it was. There were a lot of big companies. I feel like because you know, CNN also makes money from being against the president, right? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So then pulling out is a business move. Well, okay. But it can be both, right? Like, just I mean, it's good for business, and, and if it's the right thing, and it happens to be good for business, that doesn't make it not the right thing. It's like you can say, like, okay, well, the motivation maybe was more so this than that. You can say that, but it's still the right thing to do. Where you're just kind of like, which, ironically enough, the current administration isn't doing. Like, they're still sending people. Yeah, <laughs> which is oh, crazy. You know. <laughs> it's like, you know, why are why do we have companies that are like, yeah, we shouldn't be messing with these folks? It's so funny because George W. Bush at least had the decency to go to war with the wrong country. <laughs> well, hey. But, but Donald Trump like says, oh, oh, he told me he didn't do it. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, you know. But that's neither here nor there. Um, you know what? I forgot to mention a couple things earlier. Um, what, we were talking about Suicide Squad earlier, but the series is actually coming to an end too. The current series uh, with issue fifty um, of, of the Suicide Squad comic, but uh, not I mean, even fifty-two, course, huh? But it stopped being good like twenty ep- twenty issues ago, right? Yeah, it's it, it hasn't been interesting to me for a while. So since, since Adam Glass left, pretty much, kind of, yeah. yeah, yeah. But you know, but hey, that's just one opinion, but. Uh, everybody, of course, is anticipating them just kind of, you know, getting their ducks in a row for a, a reboot or a relaunch of the title. 
for when the the next movie comes out. But for right now, uh, that's going away in the beginning of next year. Uh, also, too, uh, another thing that happened over the the weekend on Twitter was friggin' Jerry Conway, man. Oh yeah, went all out on DC for not crediting any of the creators in that Titan series. Yeah, no, he was he was pissed, man, and 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 good for him. Yeah, I, you know. He probably might not be able to get work in this current climate. Well, he's retired. Like he might not get his social security in this current climate. <laughs> no, um, but yeah, it, look, Terry Conway, like he, at first I'm like, who did he create on the Titans? You know what I mean? But he, he didn't even have a vented, vested interest. He was just like, uh-huh. that's fucked up. Like, right. And right. then I actually, so that happened the day it came out, right? Yeah, I watched Friday it Friday night or Saturday morning, one of the two. I watched it probably about two days after I watched Titans pilot episode. The app on my Apple TV had actually updated automatically because some bug fixes or something. So mm-hmm. I figured they probably added the new episode with the credit. They still didn't have the credit. Uh, no, so nobody's making nobody's making a big enough stink. Well, I mean, you know, basically what he was saying on Twitter after he cussed out DC and Warner Brothers was that, you know, other like the publishers are lording over the creators. Like they're just like, you know, you speak out and next thing you know, you don't get any work. And he's like, hey, I'm retired so I can say what I want. He's like, I know I know creators agree with me, but they can't say anything because. Next thing you know, they don't get any new work. And, you know, that's a shame just because, you know, don't get me wrong. I understand you don't badmouth your company in public yeah. and expect and expect to get a promotion or expect for your, your management to be happy about it. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's like somebody like the, the messed up part is it really should be up to us, like fans of comics and comic book creators to come and say, Hey, like, we will not be supporting this, and the reason is, you know, you're not giving credit where credit's due. Because it's not even like they're talking about monetary uh, uh, compensation. They're just saying, you know, instead of like one of the things he pointed out during his tweets, he was like, they put um, as the credit uh, with characters um, from DC Comics or, or created by DC Comics. And he's like, you know, what's that all about? Like these characters magically appeared from 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 inside of the corporation. But he's like, you have enough room to give six, seven credits to all these executive producers. God knows what they do. But you can't spare a few lines or a few uh, moments of screen time to thank the guys that actually, you know, came up with the characters that you're putting on screen. No, now to argue to play devil's advocate to Jerry Conway, those characters were nothing like the original. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like Chuck Mar Marv Wolfman's at home, like, please don't put my name on that. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, no thank you. Yeah. He's like, I made good things, not this. <laughs> yeah. 
but yeah, so you know, well, I mean, in it, chat, we oh no, go ahead. No, as it'll be interesting to see because the 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 sentiment that he kind of ended with is like, you know, it really will be up to comic book fans whether this thing succeeds or not, and it's like. You know, if uh, if people are like see that the the creators don't get credited and they support it anyway, well, that's going to be what's more important than how he feels about. It. Yeah, I don't know. I think we should talk shit to DC Universe app on social media about it. <laughs> we can do that. With our fantastic forum, yeah, it turns out we we actually reach people. <laughs> yeah, look. Plus, we we spent money. Yeah. So it's like, hey, man, we spent money. We want to see these people get their fair their their fair due. Uh, earlier, I, I asked you to mention one company that went against the government. Yeah. GC Doctor Fred mentioned Nike with Colin Kaepernick. That's not going against the government, man. That's just trying to make money in this shitty climate. They monetized activism. I mean, if they they wanted to go against the government, they would go to a country that doesn't do business with America on a trade level and not enslave, you know, kids for two dollars a day to make their shoes. I mean, but that's all I have to say about that. (laughs) Well, okay, well, there you go. I mean, if you want to add something, Larry, you can go ahead. I mean, you're smarter than me, so... I'll leave it at that. (laughs) No, it's just... It's really like, yeah, you're going with Colin Kaepernick, but... I mean, that's just... Yeah, look, they're they're using a marketing tool to to get people that didn't buy Nike to buy Nike now because, you know, they're going to be like, okay, I'm not going to wear Birkenstocks now. I'm going to wear Nikes. You know, and it's like, Nike... You know, I wanted a work boot. You know, I like Nike. Like... I grew up a kid in L.A., in urban L.A., and I wanted Nike so bad, but I could never afford them. And, I, you know, when I got to high school, I started reading about, you know, the trade embargoes and fair trade and all this shit and and how, you know, Nike's business practices with Vietnam and and how when Vietnam wanted to make more money uh, off of their people making their shoes, they went to Korea because they could get a, you know, better, cheaper slave labor. In Korea, I was like, yeah, you know what? Fuck Nike. Then eventually I started making enough money where I could afford Nike. Now, granted, I could afford Nike at Ross, not Foot Locker. You know what I mean? So I was paying less for Nike. Somebody had already paid the initial cost for the Nike. So I felt okay wearing them. But yeah, <laughs> Nike Nike ain't doing nothing good by hiring Colin Kaepernick. In fact, why don't they hire the guy that was next to Colin Kaepernick that nobody knows? You know what I mean? The guy that took the knee with him from oh, the beginning. Sure. I mean, yeah, I, I yeah. guess the the, the the second guy. Yeah. Like a few weeks later. <laughs> yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. Like when they took him out, another guy did went through the same trials and tribulations as Colin Kaepernick. Nobody gave him money, you know. This that's is why Sketch. This is why Skechers is better than Nike's. In my it's not better than Nike. No, it's not better than Nike. <laughs> no, it is. Hey, look. No, it's not. I mean, for people with wide feet, it is, but 
They don't want your money anyway. If you have white feet, chances are your mom's paying for your shoes. So, oh jeez. Um, moving right along. What's the other news story? Oh, Ben Affleck and Henry Cavill. Larry, you you mentioned that in the pre-production text. I did. So what 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 happened there? Uh, so they're officially out. They're officially out. Like, um, it was a report coming out of Variety, um, where they had spoken to people over at Warner Brothers, and uh, they're they're no longer gonna be using. Ben Affleck or Henry Cavill as Batman or Superman. And so, you know, they they basically did mention that they're going to be recasting the role of Batman. Uh, but most people, they didn't say anything about Cavill or Superman. Um, but most people are thinking that because they, they said that specifically because the bat, that Batman movie is still in production. So they're just like, you know, hey, that Batman movie's still going to move forward just with somebody different. And uh, but it looks like, you know, Warner Brothers may not have any plans to do a Superman movie, I guess, in the near future. And so I, I don't know, man, it's it's really interesting how this this thing is working out for them just because. It's like. Henry Cavill nor Ben Affleck, I think, were the problem. <laughs> <laughs> You know, don't get me wrong. It's like I understand, like you know, Ben Affleck's been wishy-washy, yeah. And so I understand you might be like, well, hey, we might need to find somebody that's more gung-ho, you know, that's more down. In and out of rehab, allegedly. Yeah, hey, who knows what's going on with Ben Affleck? Well, also, he's also having a divorce. Yeah, like he's still trying to get a divorce from uh, was it Jennifer Jennifer Garner? Yeah, yeah. So that I mean. Yeah, so you may have a luff on his plate right now. Yeah. Which is, and that's more than okay. But, you know, it's, it's just, you know, it's just baffling to me. I mean, he wasn't a good Batman. Like, he was, I mean, he wasn't a bad Batman, though. Like, he wasn't Clooney. Look, I think Clooney suffered from a bad director. Well, well listen, I'm not going to disagree with you. But if you could say that about Clooney, you don't feel like you could say that about Affleck? No, I can say that about Cavill. I think Cavill, Cavill has the the makings of a good Superman with the right writer and director. Um, they're just the Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman were just bad movies. Like they're I, not. They, they Cavill Cavill wasn't the problem there, but he does need the right you know emphasis on direction. He does need the right direction. Um, and, and you know that that comes with with hiring Cavill as a no name to be Superman. Like, if you hire somebody like Brad Pitt to be Superman, like he might throw his weight around a little bit, you know. And uh, I think that's probably the problem they were having with Ben Affleck a little. You know, he wanted to do his thing, and then they didn't let him. And then you know, they're both throwing tantrums on either side. Yeah, you know? which is. It's interesting because Warner Brothers is a studio that allows his directors to do whatever they want. But when it comes to DC... <laughs> but, but that's the problem. Yeah. When it comes to DC, they want to do it their way. Which is really strange. I'm looking at the chat. Big Man says he was bad. I think he's talking about Affleck. 
Uh, Hex says, Clooney has said from the beginning he played Batman gay, which is fine for the Schumacher movies, but come on. (laughs) Honestly, like, I can see that Robin in, or I can see Titans being in that universe with Clooney. With Clooney? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I thought you were going to say, like, like the third Nolan movie, but no, 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 that's, that's funny. Look, the third Nolan movie. Look, after watching, look, even Justice League. Like I watched it again. I'm like, it was good. It was a good palate cleanser for Snyder, but it's not a great movie. No, no. Um, so, so you know, honestly, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I went back. You know, thanks to the DC Universe app, I went back and watched the third. Uh, dark nolan movie and it was like okay i can get with this after watching you know man of steel batman versus superman suicide squad still don't like that movie. no i mean i don't like it but yeah you know it's what we got yeah i i think i only got to read half a big man's uh comment he was saying he was bad in a bad movie about so maybe yeah maybe maybe i think and i still think he's talking about affleck but i'm not sure he'll maybe he'll clarify for us but, you know, but the reality, I, I mean, the, the part of this that's news because we've been hearing rumors that both of these guys were in and out for a while now. Uh, the, the big part of the news is, one, it's official, and two, that totally kind of like, if you, don't, if you don't believe that there is no DC, like, continuous or extended universe at this point, then there's nothing that anybody can do for you like it's it's broken it's done they're like they're literally saying we're going to start over because they they took the superman and the batman out that universe you have wonder woman and i guess maybe tangentially uh you have harley uh, quinn aquaman oh yeah yeah because the flash movie isn't coming out right no they pushed that back as well to uh to i think the end of 2019 now yeah, so I guess Aquaman, Aquaman might be a masterpiece. Do you think you know if you know, I don't know with but... with uh, Wonder Woman and Aquaman, if those two movies are successful, do you think Wonder Bros is going to stay with those two and keep them when they built their new DC universe? Just have those same actors, um, but with a uh, different Batman and a different Superman. I'm sorry. Say that again. Do we what? I mean, with if uh, you know, with uh, Wonder Woman and Aquaman coming out with new movies, do you think DC will stay with those actors playing Wonder Woman and Aquaman, and just put them along with their new Superman and their new Batman? If they um, ever do another Justice was, League, they should never get another Wonder Woman. No, no. I mean, keep they keep sh- the yeah, keep the current Wonder Woman and the current Aquaman. Yeah, no, they should they should keep her. They should keep Wonder Woman, uh, Aquaman. I don't give a shit about. I mean, I hope the movie's good just because I, I'm a fan of the director, but I have no faith in it being good just because. I mean, DC doesn't know what they're doing, so he's probably. I don't know, like as much as a as much a fan as I am of of James Wan. I don't know that he likes Aquaman like that. Like, because face it, like nobody likes Aquaman like that. Yeah, you know? the trailer doesn't look that good. I feel like this point, I'm probably the biggest Aquaman fan anyone knows. Right, 
But nobody, lo- you know, nobody no, likes what I'm you like invested, anyway. But I'm invested yeah. more than most. Yeah. And then in that case, but, and then in that case, they're probably going to put Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and Shazam together in a movie someday. If they're not going to do Superman or Batman. Listen, there's only going to be one of those Shazam movies. That's it. Like that movie's uh, not going to win. You don't nah. think it's going to do well? Oz and Chat says uh, no. I mean, it might do well, but it's not going to be good. Like we want it to be good. If it is, it's not good. about uh, it's not going to be good. It can't be good because I mean, they can't get Aquaman comics to be good. We're going to look back at this episode when the movie comes out and we're all going to be raving about how good that movie was. No, no, no. Like, that's one thing I'm never going to do is going to be raving about how good Aquaman is. Dude, or oh, Aquaman? I was talking about Shazam. Oh, Shazam, definitely. Yeah, sorry. Shazam, definitely not. That, that looks terrible. It looks like a movie from the past. Yeah. It looks like a trailer in a movie about the character saying that that movie's going to be terrible. It does. That's exactly what it looks like. I know that's what it looks like. <laughs> Look, I live my life high, Larry. My brain's open. I got my third eye on these things. I don't. I don't just see trailers in the movie. Like I see them with my third eye. That's like funny. I was watching the trailer for Glass at the beginning of, of Venom, and then Emily turned to me and I was crying because I'm like. Man, this is a masterpiece 20 years in the making. <laughs> third eye. Must be a third eye on the back yeah, of the head. Yeah, my third eye. <laughs> on the back of no, the no, head. No, no, it's in the forehead. <laughs> no, look, look, learn your chakras, motherfucker. Hilarious. I, 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 know, I just have a feeling that uh, that movie's my surprise people. It's not going to surprise anybody. It's not you know who's going to surprise? It's not going surpri- to surprise DC. We're saying... Oh, people went to see this piece of shit. It's not going to surprise you because there's no, there's no, you know, it, you're never going to change your mind about it. But I'm pretty sure there's going to be, you know, people are going to like it. It's going to make a lot of money. It could be, this could be, that movie could be DC's version of Venom. That's no. not that's not saying that's not saying anything good. Venom made money. If Venom was released in July, it would be a failure. <laughs> all, it needs is, all, all it, it needs is, is uh, all it needs is a theme song. It, it, it's true. It's it. That's the truth. It's it happened to come out. You know, it didn't happen. They planned oh. it to come out in October uh, yeah. because there's nothing out. They got the Lady Gaga movie with. You know, mm-hmm. I, I still don't think that. Uh, Bradley, uh, who's vacuuming? That sounds like, like a sounds car. Like yeah, I know. But it's funny if I say vacuuming. Um, yeah, Lady Gaga shouldn't be singing next to Bradley Cooper. Like that's below her. But that's a whole <laughs> other thing. Um, are we done with news? Is that it? Uh, the only last thing, and we can you know definitely jump out after this is uh, this Friday, Daredevil. Season three, uh, and uh, they canceled Iron Fist. No season yeah. three for Iron Fist. No, we we knew they canceled it already. We talked about it last week. Uh, we did. We, there was no official announcement. No, it? but we knew it canceled. Nobody like we didn't even talk about it when it came out because nobody watched it. 
Well, no, no. We all watched. Well, well, I don't know about we all, but me and Oz definitely watched yeah. it. And-, and you didn't feel like it was like when we had the pre-production text, nobody thought to say, hey, we should all talk about Iron Fist. Well, you, listen, when Iron Fist came out, we we basically were done, down for like two shows or three shows. No, no, no. You were down for one. We were down for one. But then we were up the rest. I'm thanks, pretty sure. I'm pretty sure thanks, I was thanks to, thanks to, to me and Claw. Okay, well there it is. So you didn't watch it. Yeah, so it looks it look it's stupid. Like I, I watched the first season, it looked like Power Rangers to me, and uh, you know it, it was campy in the, the kung fu movie sense, and it was fine. Then I saw Defenders. I'm like, I, I don't want to watch season two of, of Iron Fist. I don't like Iron Fist. Like, season two. Of Iron I, I used to be a huge fan of Iron Fist. That, watching the TV show, I'm like, you know what? I don't even like Iron Fist that much. <laughs> Probably because he's not the right it, actor it playing was, Iron Fist. The whole thing was stupid. It was dumb. And, and you know, they, they waited, you know, at least Daredevil had the decency to give me the costume at the last, the end of the first season. Fucking uh, Iron Fist, oh, we're going to have the, the, the costume in the second season. No, you should have gave it to me by Defenders. Yeah, well. So I, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad it, it's done. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe we do need an Asian to play Iron Fist. Why? Oh, so, Oz just texted me like we should talk about Iron Fist. Nah, I mean, dude, it it was really good. Like, I think you'd be surprised how much you would like it. I mean, I'm sure I'll like it, and then I'll be like, man, I'm sad it ended, but I'm glad it ended now. Before yeah. I watched it, because I rather yeah, have that feeling than, than yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate because the people who worked on Iron Fist worked on that Inhumans TV series, and you know how that turned out. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, it's it's a bad it's a bad production team. That that's all it is. Um, I do have a mini podcast that I recorded at the barbershop, shop, a client talking about Venom. But I'm not gonna. I don't well, know how to. Yeah, you know, maybe I'll put it as a bonus archive or something. But oh, you should totally you totally shoot it because I want to hear what they have to say about it. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's he's. I actually got this client by talking shit about the trailer for Batman versus Superman. He was all hyped, and I'm like, no, nah, that's stupid. He's like, you didn't see Batman in that that the trench coat costume? I'm like, yeah, that's stupid. I've seen that costume in the comics before. It has nothing to do with that scene. That's terrible. And then he became my client after that. But, <laughs> um, I bet he's a hardcore Venom fan. No, he actually hated it. Yeah, spoilers. But all right, play that rap of music, Tiger Claw. We gotta get out of here. Oops. Oops. <laughs> Larry, give us some final thoughts, man. Uh, I can't say it enough. Go check out Voltron. On Netflix. If you haven't done it already. Final season is coming out at the end of this year. Uh, it's been an amazing series. You should check it out. Joe, man, you got some final thoughts? Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about Motherfuckers, the movie, 
So look forward to that. Oz, you still there? You got some final thoughts? No, I think he disconnected. Yeah, he's in chat. But um, and for the rest of us, you know, next week we we are talking about motherfuckers the movie. I'm gonna bring you a review of High Heaven number one from Ahoy Comics. So uh, it should be a good show. Be sure to tune in. Um, keep in. I, I still have that copy of Action Comics number one to give away. So just just hit me up on Instagram at Fantastic Forum if you want it. That's all I'm doing. I I don't have time to think of a contest or anything. And then, uh, as always, we'll be here every Wednesday on allgames.com. Subscribe to our uh, podcast on iTunes, or you can just download it straight from allgames.com. Check out the blog. And again, we'll be back next week right here, 6.30 Pacific time-ish on allgames.com.